Hi, this is Mark Meir, the voice of Commander Shepard, and you're tuned in to the Enter Chatsman podcast, my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Chatsman and Phoenix, let the conversations begin. To the Normandy. What's going on, everyone? Enter Chaz Man here. We're back once again with another uh, episode for Enter Chats Man podcast we got going. This is your place to hear all of the up-to-date major video game news that has kind of piqued our interest throughout the week. Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, as always, I'll just say up above my head right here, I should have the locations of where the audio version of our podcasts are or where you can find them. Uh, the video, of course, is can be found on YouTube. And uh, watch out throughout the week on my Enter Chaz Man channel. I do post highlights. Uh, just in case, you know, those might be, might be uh, super entertaining for you guys to consume some of the topics individualized without, you know, maybe if you didn't want to watch the full, uh, what is it, two hours normally our uh, podcast run for. Uh, if you'd like to submit any questions for the podcast, do you have suggestions for future topics, please feel free to leave any comments down below or reach out on any of my social medias. Once again, that is Chasman at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And uh, yeah, I guess we are all ready, Phoenix. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm alive, so you know that's good. This is like the busiest time of the year for me. All my jobs and projects kind of culminate like right here in the you know midst or middle or end of April. So I'm just you know staying alive, surviving. But you know there's a reprieve in the future, so I'm looking forward to that. But I feel other you, than that, man. I'm good. The same thing, man. This last week has been like, like I know we're kind of a, a few days late. This episode's gonna be getting posted a few days late, but like, man, this whole week I've been so tired. I feel you. Um, so today, if you guys wanted to know, uh, kind of a little tease, um, what we're going to talk about is we're going to be rounding off our thoughts with uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. We, me and Phoenix and a few other friends did finish the campaign, and we have been kind of going a little bit in on it, but uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, also, another announcement. What would you say, Phoenix? This just happened maybe like two hours ago. Oh, the Kingdom Hearts stuff. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts. It's, we're, we're, it's probably only been posted for about three or four hours. Uh, it's been a, lo- a little longer than that. It was like what Sunday evening Japan time, so that was sometime this morning. Really? But oh, I still... didn't even realize that. But yeah, so that'll be still our that'll be our first major topic. That's a that's a Phoenix topic. That's not a Chasman topic. Um, and then uh, topic number two, we're gonna be going into Unreal Engines five. Um, they had some sort of an event where they kind of were just talking about how they're releasing uh, Unreal Engine. So we'll talk about that. Uh, then we're gonna be going into our Halo TV series chat. Where we're gonna be talking about episodes two and three. And lastly, we had kind of a little fun little thing I wanted to bring up with Phoenix. I won't touch on that right now. We'll save that for the end let you find out. Anyways, Phoenix, we uh, did get to finish uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands over the... What was it? Not over the weekend. We finished it sometime during the week. But I... Yeah, uh, about a week now. Probably. And uh, we have actually been playing it, so I've been thoroughly enjoying it. I actually played for a couple hours today earlier by my lonesome. Everyone else was busy. But, uh, yeah, Phoenix, I mean, I'll let you go first. I mean, what did you think about the end game, the campaign, uh, the story? Were you satisfied with uh, how everything wrapped up? I mean, I guess. I mean, this game, like, the narrative wasn't, you know, the major focus. Like, it was fun, uh, but definitely didn't, you know, um, outlive its welcome, I'll say that. It's relatively short in comparison to the other Borderlands games, but I'll tell you... Um, I even felt like this in Borderlands 2. Like, and I, I really like Borderlands 2 from a narrative standpoint. Oh, yeah. But That's great. I feel like the last couple of hours dragged a little bit. Um, and I kind of liked that this one was just a little shorter. So, mm-hmm. 
I mean, I would. The, the ending was maybe a little anticlimactic. It kind of happened kind of quick, but you know, I had a little bit of a reveal in there. I mean, the boss battle at the end was cool. So I mean, and really, I think for most people, they were probably caring about getting to the end game. That's really what matters in a game like this, because you know, once you get past the narrative or the campaign, then that's where you're going to be it, at. So I think. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say, is it kind of, is it kind of uh, harsh for me to say that? It was easier to kind of accept that it was a little less anticlimactic, being that I guess in a way I kind of approached this game as like a not like a lesser serious like I approached it less seriously than like a about than Borderlands three because that was like a direct sequel, whereas this is kind of a, a spinoff. Was it kind of harsh for me to say that say it that way? You know what I'm saying? Harsh. I mean, you had different expectations. As did I. I mean, I'll tell you when they first announced this game. I couldn't have cared less. And I actually really like mm-hmm. uh, Borderlands in general. But I think BL3 just kind of, you know, didn't leave a sour taste in my mouth. I was just very kind of meh on that whole experience. So when I saw this, I'm like, ah, oh, they're just going to milk that whole Tiny Tina DLC concept. I just mean I had a higher work. expectations, like you said, for 3. So, like, that being less, or that being anticlimactic was different than this. Because, you know, like you said, we went into this kind of, like, you know, with a sour taste after Borderlands 3. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Go ahead. You're good, but that's kind of my point. Like mm-hmm. um, coming out of that game, not really having expectations for this, and then I think being pleasantly surprised that you know as it was released, you're hearing a lot of like positive reviews and buzz around it. So I, you know, I was uh, kind of peaked out of nowhere to give it a shot, and the experience that it presented was, I think, pretty solid. It was different than a mainline uh, entry, and I think that was good. Um, I'm glad it didn't take itself too seriously. I'm glad it kind of separated itself from the standard, you know, Borderlands narrative and. Yeah, maybe a little anticlimactic, but overall, it was satisfying. Um, I've been enjoying the end game. I mean, it's not like anything super, super robust, um, but the Chaos Chambers were fun. I've um, I ran all the way up to was it Chaos Twenty, so I did I still that pretty even easily. I finished one. I think the last time I played was with you guys during that one where you failed. You we- failed me at the end. Oh man, <laughs> you know that was that was a thing. I won't I won't spoil it for anybody who um hasn't done the Chaos Trials. But there's some hidden uh, hidden bosses you can search for. So. Um, oh, I guess my only, I'm not going to call this a gripe necessarily, because kind of the first time this has really happened to me in a Borderlands uh, game, like, I usually get pretty good at, you know, um, ending up with a fairly strong character, but I never feel like the characters I've made in the past have ended up being, like, straight up broken. Mm-hmm. This character I've made feels broken. Because of <laughs> I mean, all the, 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 the Hydra heads and whatever? <laughs> yeah, so for those who have played the game, I'm going, um, was it Grave War or Graveborn or Grave Warden, whatever it is, and Spell Shot with a, like a focus on the companion build. And man, I'm throwing out like, it's like 10 Hydras. I uh, started throwing Pixies in the other day and like all these boot, uh, boosts to it. And it just, it wrecks everything all the way through Chaos 20. Like I never, I never struggled, never mm-hmm. had an issue. The only issue I ran into <laughs> was during those boss battles, I ran out of ammo. And of course that kind of broke my build, but um it was just weird because it's definitely taken the difficulty aspect away from the game. Not that Borderlands was ever, you know, crazy difficult, but it definitely had its moments where, you know, you had to kind of hunker down and fight through something. And I haven't really felt like that in the game right I now. Was... I don't feel like I've gone out of my way to break my character either. I've just used the gear and, the, you know, the mechanics that are in there. And it just feels very overpowered. I I'm will... not trying to complain about that, but... I will say, unlike some of the other Borderlands games, when I was playing solo earlier... It's really easy. Like, I remember with Borderlands 1 and 2, it was actually fairly difficult to kind of go out and play solo. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there. Like, I'm not quite sure if that's because of how OP, you know, I don't remember how OP we got in the first two games. But, man, I was just breezing through every side quest and everything earlier when I was playing. And in Borderlands 2, I remember, man, you it was almost not fun going out by yourself. But, sorry. Uh, I mean, it depends, man. I think there were definitely moments in BL2 that I think... 
um, how do I want to say this? I mean, didn't feel overly difficult, but it had its moments. Um, mm-hmm. I think in general, this game does feel easier, but it might just be once again the build I've kind of ended up with. Um, which is, I think, been another kind of weird side of like Typically in a Borderlands game, you're you're always waiting for that next drop. You know, you're waiting for the next new gun with the next crazy feature. But mm-hmm. maybe it's just because I fell into this OP build so quickly, and it really is kind of niched out where I can. I only care about one type of gun. If it's not a gun that you know I can throw and spawn hydras, I don't give a crap about it. So mm-hmm. like half the legendaries that drop, I just look at them like meh. So I haven't really updated my build in probably the past like 10, 15 hours of play, really. So. It's kind of weird. I don't know if it's getting stale necessarily, but it's missing that component of that gear grind. Like, not that I'm not looking for new gear, but the benefits I'm finding are real marginal at this mm. point. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just I got to that in-game um, kind of cap really quickly or what it is. Um, I am looking forward to the DLC, so maybe that will kind of be a chance to, you know, push the build a little bit further. You mentioned and get that. When's, out of it. when's that come out again? Did you see it's it? It's like the end of this month. Um, oh, interesting. It was like April 20-something, um, which I didn't catch the first time, but hmm. the game did launch with a season pass, and they already have the DLC coming, which I think is good. I think a game like this is going to need that quick um, kind of turnaround. And I guess they just did a hot fix or hot patch, uh, I can't speak, hot patch for it that introduced like new featured, um, uh, was it Chaos Chamber, and I think some like buffs and some tweaks to some of the gameplay elements. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely trying to keep you know, the game updated and add some new content, which is nice. Yeah, actually, it's why you were mentioning... Uh, uh... Uh, how OP you were able to get. I actually kind of recently for my character, which I went with a Berserker and a Spellweaver, um, I actually did kind of find a a, uh, a kind of OP way of kind of creating my character where, uh, I don't know if you can see, but on my screen, there's uh, they kind of have these two things here. Uh, they have, they're like almost like the grenades, right? From the previous games. Your spells? Yeah, your spells. Those almost act like your grenades, I was assuming. Uh, kind of. I mean, I, I think spells are a lot more varied than grenades. Well, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. To a but that's extent. kind yeah. of what they're replaced in a way. But um, mm. actually, with my uh, my spell weaver, I guess along with my berserker, I'm actually I'm not even quite sure how I did it. I kind of just been I've been I haven't been paying attention, just throwing numbers at things. But uh, now all of a sudden, I've I've overpowered. I have both of them in both slots now. They're both like elect like uh, like lightning bolts. And they're over, or they they recuperate like so quickly that I can just continuously throw lightning bolts, and I almost don't even need to shoot my guns anymore because I have two of them, and it's just like yeah. pew pew, like the freaking uh, like Darth Sidious just walk running around. <laughs> and that's been one of the cool things about this game. Like, if you think about any traditional Borderlands game, it usually comes down to the gunplay because you know that's the whole point, right? Get the new crazy gun, see what it shoots, but. Mm-hmm. This game, like, it gives you so many, like, other options for how you engage with the enemies. Like, you could go all spells. And, like, kind of sounds like that's how you've kind of ended up with, like, a quick recharge spell yes, build. Yes, yes. And then much, yeah. never shoot it. Same thing with my um, Hydra build. I'm just chucking Hydras all the time. I mm-hmm. almost never shoot the gun, which is weird. Um, which is neat. I don't know if that has det- um, detracted me from maybe enjoying that aspect of the game. Because I'm not spending time with all these cool, unique guns. I'm just like, eh, it's not a Hydra, so I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um and I also, and once again, it might be, be a byproduct of me falling upon this like kind of broken, uh, crazy build initially, but I don't really have a lot of interest in trying all the other classes. I don't know, maybe that's just uh, me no, being a I little... Can totally, I can totally see that. I'm, I'm like, I'm enjoying my one class so much that I, maybe it's like you said, it's because you're so overpowered. It's like... Well, what reason do I have to try a different mix, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, I'm sure the other abilities are fun, and uh, maybe I'll play around with them a little bit, but I can't imagine them being 
um, a whole lot better than what I'm currently running. Um, so I don't know, and that's cool in a way. I said this is like the first time I've kind of fallen into like a broken or really high powered build like mm -hmm. this. So that's been fun to kind of have that uh, power fantasy, but. I don't know. I think I'm probably going to be getting towards that point where it's a little stale. Um, of course, new content's coming. I still haven't completed a lot of the side quests, so I'll probably start focusing on that. But I just got done doing it. the. Uh, I just I knocked out a whole section earlier, and I got done doing uh, this area that's like based on a uh, Pinocchio. There's like oh, a I did Geppetto that one yeah. and everything. <laughs> it's yeah, that one got weird. Dark it's super weird. Yeah. I thought it was going another direction too, but you know, it was it was something. It's main, the side quest had been pretty good. It's main quest in that area ended super quickly. Like I thought there was gonna be this whole thing when you go in the whale and it's like nope, it just <laughs> that main quest just ends once you go in the whale and you have like a tiny little battle. Yeah. I will say a lot of the side quests though I've enjoyed, and I think a lot of the Borderlands games usually do that pretty well. Um, the turtles from uh, from two. Oh yeah, the turtles and they have the the Smurf tribute one and this one with uh, the Murphs, I, I've um, been I've been quoting that in uh, text with you guys nonstop. Yeah, I noticed. That's probably my favorite one so far. Smurfy. Yeah, Murphy. Yeah, Murphy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been enjoying it. I think it's been a nice surprise because as I said, I mean, I've always liked Borderlands, but mm -hmm. I definitely felt like it either got stale or kind of, you know, just I fell off on three. So this was nice to kind of bring me back into the Borderlands kind of a uh, franchise a little bit with some that's fun. It's light. It's not taking itself too seriously. And the gameplay's fun. Um, I don't know how long ultimately I'll keep playing it. I mean, down, down the line, something I'm sure will pop up and take my time. But mm -hmm. I, I've been enjoying it for what it is. I guess just a couple little things I wanted to add that I really enjoyed with this game is, um, I don't know if we mentioned it or not, but I love the character customization. Mm -hmm. This is by far the most enjoyable and thorough like character customizable abilities that they've had in any Borderlands game to date. Um, I've been running around looking like Kung Lao the whole time and running around with my giant hat. Oh yeah, the um, <laughs> you're talking about the actual like aesthetics and stuff. Yes, yes, the customization oh, of yeah. just like there's so many different ways you can make your character look. I think it's by far like the most thorough. I don't know. What about you? Oh yeah, no, I've liked that. I mean, I know before they didn't do that because I think the um the characters that they provided they wanted to have like a narrative tie to them mm -hmm. so they kind of you know curated their look and their um personality a little bit but i've liked just having your know, free reign over and granted it fits the whole D D kind of aesthetic you make your own character yeah. but i mean i like i'm still unlocking new um customization options for like different hats and helmets and weird stuff which you know i always like a game like that mm -hmm. it's daunting at first though um i was very surprised to see just how in-depth it was the first time we turned on the game and um, that definitely, I think, slowed us down as we were getting the game going because we all took like an hour just building our character. But um, I like that. I always like a game that gives you the customization. If you know you don't want to do it, you can just skip right past it and hop right into the game with a pre-build, which is nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess just one more thing I thought I think you know really incredible was the voice acting. I feel like I've really enjoyed the voice acting. Ashley Birch is great. Valentine or or uh, Ashley Birch, Andy Samberg, Wanda Sykes, Will Arnett, and I didn't even realize, but my character voice that I chose is uh, Chris. What's his name? Vegeta. I didn't even realize the entire time I've been uh, playing. Sabbath. This. Yeah, it's Chris Sabbath voices my character, and I've heard it. Oh. I've heard it off and on, but I just I don't know why I never was like, is that Vegeta? Do you have like the weird kind of pompous uh, voice? Because I think I might have that it's, same one. A, now that I'm... He's a very deep voice, and he it kind of sounds European in a way. Yeah. I think I have the same voice, and you it's know, like now Irish that you mentioned or, that, or Scottish or and it's like a very yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the one I chose. But now that you mention that, I can hear Vegeta in that a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, huh. yeah. I looked it up because I'm like, who, who voices this guy? And it said Chris Sabat, and I'm like, oh, 
Okay, I've heard Vegeta a couple times in there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the voice acting is good. And uh, to be fair, I mean, in most Borderlands games, the um, voice acting has been they, pretty solid. They find solid. interesting people to bring in, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, good game. I give it my uh, thumbs up, my I guess approval. a quick question. The only question I really had was, uh, where does this rank for your uh, Borderlands games? Um, uh, Borderlands 2 is still my favorite. Um, Definitely. I think just from beginning to end, that one's going to be hard to beat. Um, and maybe it is because of the narrative and the characters. Like, Handsome Jack is just one of those iconic villains now. Like, he stands up, I think, with some of the best of them in gaming. Um, Safe to say the pre-sequel and uh, 3 are probably the least, right? You're probably lesser. Uh, three is definitely for me the last one. Um, pre-sequel. So I only played through pre-sequel. I think I didn't one get to play time. Much of it, yeah. And I, I think we were playing with friends, and we kind of just plowed through it so fast. Mm. Like I think we beat it in like a day. was it a night or it was like a day? Yeah, so it was. Yeah. So I missed so much of it, and I didn't really have the interest to go back and like really dig into it. Did I heard good like things land, about it. Did we make like a big land party and we filled your fridge up with? Adult beverages, I remember. Uh, that sounds right. <laughs> we had like a big. But, we all brought our PCs over. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how that went down, and it was fun. I mean, the game itself was it was Borderlands, you and used up all uh, that's your power. one thing. Yeah, <laughs> Borderlands with friends, no matter which one you're playing, is always going to be fun. Like it's it's just built for co-op, which is really nice. Um, so, do you prefer but, this or one? I think I might like this more than one, but one is a nostalgia. Okay. I'm probably in the same, but one, um, this is a better game than one. Oh, yeah. Um, Can't help I mean, it. The, I mean, it has more story, has more personality. Um, I think what I like about one, though, is it, it's it's kind of that weird kind of <laughs> offshot one, it feels like, because it was when they were trying all the stuff out. Didn't have that really, like, um, polished narrative, but I kind of liked that it was kind of, like, open and empty. It almost felt more desolate because of it. Like, um, I don't know. It wasn't trying to be as much of a comedy, which I thought was interesting. Like it definitely had its comedic moments. And I think the DLC really played into that. One more. had like one had one felt very like dark humor. That's what I say. It felt yeah, darker, yeah. and not that the other ones didn't do dark humor. I mean, this one very much does. Um, they all teams, have it, but, yeah. But I think because one wasn't so focused on this like main antagonist, it was a little more mysterious because you did, was it um you didn't know um was it Angel that was the um, I think voice so. that kept like. Yeah. Yeah, like you didn't know what she was pulling you towards. And granted the final ending was kinda anticlimactic. It threw some weird stuff at you out of nowhere. But is that the one that um, ended with you fighting the the door beast? The big vault creature. Vault creature. Yeah. yeah. Um but you know, I liked it. I mean it was just that that was like a very I think special gaming time in my mm -hmm. life. Like that three sixty era was uh, I was going through college, played a lot of games, but it was like I was really into Xbox Live and the social aspect. So I don't know that was just a game that really kinda checked a lot that of boxes was, um... at a certain point. That was one that you turned me on to, like, much later after it came out. Like, you had yeah. already been big into it, and then I just... I think that was one I rented from Blockbuster, actually, when Blockbuster was a thing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I mean, I'd probably say this is my second favorite. Um, Borderlands 2, then this, and then 1. Um, but just for very different reasons. 1 is definitely not the better game. Granted, some of the DLC in 1, I think, was really solid. Like, the um, Dr. Ned zombie thing. Oh, I forgot about um, that. And then there was a... Up Trap Revolution. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, like, really, I think that's what kind of set the tone for Borderlands 2 was that DLC. Like, the game itself was just kind of like, you know, treading the waters in areas, but didn't really, like, you know, double down on anything. And then the DLC really took a chance to kind of, okay, this is going to be the tone and the kind of style we're going to use for Borderlands moving forward. And that's what's now evolved into. But, yeah, that's where I'm at, I think. Two, then this, uh, Tiny Tina's, and then one. And the rest of them, yeah, they're somewhere just mixed down at the bottom. Fair enough. Oh, I forgot about, uh, what was the, 
Oh, what was that? Oh, the Telltale. Telltale. I forgot about that one. That one I really liked. That um, one I really liked. That's like pure narrative. Yeah. Um, I totally forgot. I, I was just thinking, I'm like, there had to have been one more. I don't know if I can even put that one in the ranking. It's because it's, it's a different game. I freaking like, love that game, though. That was really good. Yeah, no, the story was great. Um, And I like that they, um in 3, they kind of brought it back a little bit because the the one guy um with arm oh. arm guy what is his name i don't remember his name yeah they line three he had a mustache and uh, he was a whole like guy and i don't remember mm-hmm. the whole narrative um thing i kind of wish they dug in more to that cause you never found out what happened to the the other half of that the other character but i don't know yeah maybe down the line borderlands four five ten i don't know hmm. but yeah i guess that's kind of rounds up our thoughts um i feel like we've kind of uh kind of closed the door on borderlands i mean maybe I don't know. I feel like maybe when the DLC comes out, maybe it might be fun to talk about what we're thinking about that. But I guess uh, as for now, I mean, I feel like I can kind of move on from Borderlands. I'll probably still play whenever you guys are on. But um, I actually really enjoyed playing solo earlier. There's a oh gosh, I'll add to it. There's a there's definitely a different feeling when you play a Borderlands game solo. Like I definitely feel like for me, my atten- I can't I can't I can't multitask with Borderlands. So, like, talking to you guys and playing, but, like, playing solo, I feel like I can focus in on, like, a lot of more story and a lot of more, like, the voice acting and stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. I I am sure when we plowed through the game, we missed so many, oh, yeah. like, references. narrative beads and references mm-hmm. and side jokes. Um, and maybe that's, I think that's probably why I didn't like the pre-sequel as much. I mean, I think there was probably a really good game in there. For the people I know who actually took time and dug into it, they act like they really enjoyed it. But we literally just plowed through mm-hmm. the whole campaign. And that's kind of the nature of, you know, the co-op experience in this game. You just kind of branch off in any direction. And, like, some people are doing one quest over here. The other ones are doing stuff over here. And that's that's cool, but it's chaos. And you just it miss is. so much. So, yes, yeah, a nice kind of single session where you're playing through. Gives you a lot more time to focus in on the nuances and appreciate things not, a little differently. Not that I don't love playing with my buddies. You guys are great. Oh, I hate you guys. <laughs> <Not kidding. laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying it is a different flavor playing solo versus with people um so yeah so let's switch back on over chrome i feel like now's a good time let's move to the big news of the day we're going to move on to the announcement apparently of kingdom hearts 4 and two other kingdom hearts oriented things um i guess if for some background from me i've i've tried to play kingdom hearts 1 twice and i've given up twice <laughs> but uh I've, I've been wanting to go back through and try and phoenix has kind of talked me into that phoenix which ones have you played to completion one two really just the main lines um i did one two three i'm trying to think if i played like a lot of times i'd start the you know middle mm-hmm. ones like in the memories i played most <laughs> of that was one that started out on well that was game boy advance i think i, think I read somewhere this is like the 16th Kingdom Hearts oh, game yeah. or something? I have nowhere <laughs> touched any of those. Um, I think I did some of the 3DS one. I think it was uh, Dream Drop Distance, but I, none of them I really spent a whole lot of time with. Um, and I've only liked them for the main like entries. I'm okay with that. I know they have so much other crazy nonsense going on in between, but um, I'm good. I like just kind of picking um, up when the main lines pick up. Do you like this series more for its Disney ties or more for its King, or uh, Final Fantasy ties? Or do you just like the mix? I, I like a good balance between them. Um, and I tell you, it really depends on the game we're talking about. Um, man, I'm trying to think of where to start with this franchise. I'll be honest, um, I don't know what Phoenix... I don't know Phoenix. I don't know what Kingdom Hearts fans like the most, you know what I mean? That's why I feel like it's a good question. 
it's such a big thing. Like it's a a game that has so many elements to it, both good and bad and crazy, all kind of mixed in. I mean, what really hooked me onto the game? I think the first one came out when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think that it was a weird thing at first. Cause I heard about the game, and of course, in high school, you know, you don't want to be associated with you know Mickey Mouse. That wasn't the cool thing back when I was a kid. So I didn't really have any interest initially. But I had some buddies raving about it, and he turned me on to it. And I think what hooked me was just the gameplay. Like at the time, on like the PS2 era, I can't think of many other games that had kind of that real-time like RPG action gameplay style. Like Final Fantasy XII kind of leaned that direction, but most of the good RPGs were all turn-based. Which you know I like turn-based, but uh, if you want an action kind of real-time fast, um, fast-paced game with an RPG style, Kingdom Hearts was kind of the forerunner in that at the time. So mm-hmm. it hooked me on that. Uh, the Disney stuff I thought was fun when done well. Like some of the Disney um, worlds, I'm definitely not a fan of with the way they kind of play out. But you know, there's a little bit of nostalgia there. I did grow up watching my fair I, share I of thought, Disney movies. For what I did play in the original game, like that was my favorite part was just kind of the the unknown of where you're going to be going next. Like that mm-hmm. that alone, I felt like sometimes was tantalizing enough to be like, all right, I can I, I kind of want to play a little bit longer just to see where I go next. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I liked the connective tissue they kind of brought in with the Final Fantasy stuff, and like the and of course the you know the stuff that was just focused on the Kingdom Hearts narrative. I always felt like the games always kind of suffered towards the end a little bit, like the convoluted nature. Mm-hmm. I think doesn't really hold up well at the very very end of a lot of them, or they get a little cheesy or a little corny. But you know the build up, I think to the ends usually pretty fun because they get a little dark and they get a little you know you know off putting in some places, which I enjoyed. But um. Yeah, man, I'm trying to think to even like express my feelings about this franchise. I'm a little lukewarm on it nowadays. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it for what it is. Three. I remember you saying three. Yeah. Oh, you're just gonna talk about it. I remember you saying you weren't crazy about three. Yeah, and I think that's the general consensus. I'm sure there are those who you know feel differently about it. Like one, really enjoyed. Two was probably my favorite because that one's where they just you know kind of dug in and like went crazy with it. Three just was disappointing in a lot of ways. If for one, if you are playing this game for the Disney aspect of it, three was a letdown, man. At least in my mm. opinion, like all the Disney worlds inside of it, man. I'm trying to even remember them all now. Um, so you had the Toy Story one, which I thought was a huge just bit of wasted potential because that's that one of the largest cool. like IPs Disney has at the moment. Oh, like Pixar in general uh, is a you know wealth of good IPs and stuff to kind of dig into. And Toy Story, I, man. The problem is now you didn't you didn't play three right you have no, no kind of I have yeah. no frame of reference whatsoever. So the Toy Story thing started out really really promising. You start out in Andy's room for like five seconds. I think that's seconds. what they showed in all of the the trailers. Mostly they showed a lot of the yeah. Toy Story stuff. Yeah, and I think what's so dis, dif, I'm sorry, I can't speak. What's so disappointing about it is you start out in Andy's room, feels cool. You're kind of down at that toy level, and like you go out into the street for a minute, and then the rest of the next like. I don't know how long that area was, like three hours, you're in this mall. And once you get to the mall, at least to me, I did not feel like a tour anymore. I don't, it kind of, it took me away. It wasn't even like an established area from the movie. It was just this place they made up. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it didn't feel like Toy Story. Like it, you were just shrunk down in this mall. That's Why all I really felt like. Why were you in this like. mall for like the toy stores that were in there? Um, when there were a bunch of stores, there were toy stores, there was like a video game store. I can't even remember, to be honest, um, exactly weird. the point. Um, man, I can't remember the actual narrative why they brought you there, but, um, it just, I don't know, it felt like a wasted potential. There's so many, like, you know, locations inside a toy story to mm. go to and like cool things to kind of, that you would want to experience, like running through Al's toy barn would have been cool. Something like that. Mm, and forgot about that. none of that was there. 
And I think that's what's so weird about these Disney worlds. Is you never know what you're going to get. Do you ever get to go into no. the claw machine? No, none no. of that. Was it pizza? Pizza? Nope. What's it called? No pizza Planet. Pizza no, Planet. No, none of that. No pizza Planet. And that's what's so weird about like these. The Disney worlds <laughs> go one of two ways in Kingdom Hearts games. They are either super, super accurate and authentic to whatever movie they're trying to, um, you know, scenario inside of, Suck dry. or they are completely you know just like completely opposite it's like this mm -hmm. whole different spin-off just kind of related to that world and toy story went that direction completely different it had nothing to do with any of the movies um you had the characters there but it was this, this complete you know you thing just for the game and to me that was a letdown but then on the other spectrum you have the ones that went just you know one-to-one -one recreation like you have the frozen world i hated that world mm -hmm. granted i'm not the biggest frozen fan um i probably watched it a hundred times with my daughter but um <laughs> Frozen is by no means a you know top tier uh, Disney animated movie to me, but mm -hmm. you played through the movie one to one, like every level. They even did like a they what was it the Let It Go song? They had tracked in there from the actual animation for the movie. You had to watch the entire thing. It was grueling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was part of it. The worlds that were good, man. I'm trying to even remember. Um, what were the other worlds in that game? I almost need to pull up a list now. I don't remember. But none I'm of them... <laughs> really, none of them were super memorable. Most of them I don't think really capitalized. Oh, they had the Pirates of the Caribbean one, which that went on way too long. That one felt weird. Um, I forgot Disney owns... Well, yeah, I guess Disney, yeah. That is, uh, they I had Big Hero 6, which that was a weird one. Like, ah, man, none of the Disney stuff, I think, sold well. Well, not sold well, but um, sold itself well, if that makes sense, or came across well. So the only thing I really enjoyed about 3 was the gameplay. The gameplay, I think, was as solid as ever. And I think for those who are looking for kind of the, you know, um, the payoffs from the Kingdom Hearts convoluted story, you started getting some of that. So you know, I kind of played for those moments. But in general, it just, to me, was relatively unsatisfying. Um, so when, um, so when, when can we expect your video on the, uh, on the plot on each, <laughs> on each game? Never. And I don't, no, not a chance. Not a chance. I'll get so flamed so fast. <laughs> um, and I'll say I'm not a big enough fan at this point to even care. I'm surprised when I'm ranting this much about three. I feel that strongly about it. Could you say that uh, the, the plot to these games is similar to like the Zelda games where like they're so hotly contested between the fan bases about what exactly is happening? Or, no. or is, there, is this franchise a little bit more toxic? No, there is a very clear... Th um, there is a oh, okay. I gotta think of ways. Clear thread with like Zelda. You're trying story. to say. Um, what do you mean when you say? Um, like you're talking about how people like compare which Zelda is the best. Like, what are you saying? I just mean like when it comes to the plots of of those games. Like there are people that have different interpretations as to what's happening, when's it happening. Oh, no. Whereas like with no, these games, game is... I don't. F I feel like everything's very explicit in these games. Like they'll have some mystery, but there's no like. Oh, I don't know if that happened in the future or the past. Like, there is an answer to everything in there. It is just the most convoluted, you know, answer you could search for, and you have to play oh, five okay. games to have the answer. So, um, I think that's where people get in arguments about it. You have the people who are very, you know, just passing Kingdom Hearts fan who know just a little bit about the story, <laughs> and then they, you know, play three, and they're like, "Man, that that story sucked. They didn't wrap up anything." But then you have the people who played every game and three wraps up all those games. And for those, I'm sure it was a very, very satisfying ending. Um, it's just weird to kind of balance out those two. Because Kingdom Hearts 3, towards the later half, man, that was an ending for all those people who played all 1,000 games, or however many there were. Those who only played the mainline games, 
I mean, were probably scratching their head. I was, I know for certain parts. I'm just hmm. like, okay, whatever. That's a character I've never seen, but you know, they can do a thing. Um, it's just weird. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, so I know we're spending a lot of time on this. I so was just going to try to, I was just getting ready to say back to four. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. And you know, I am intrigued about this. Like, Actually, we'll switch back over. I mean, they because I mean, just to show what they announced exactly, they have what is this title? Um, oh, mobile game. Well, no, the mobile is the next one because they have Union Dark oh. Road. I think this oh, didn't look like a mobile. One. I think this is some sort of tiny indie game. And then yeah, they move. Or, iOS or Android? That's it? mobile. So are they both mobile? Because then they have this one, which in this one they actually show like the look of it. In terms of like a phone? Oh, uh, well, it's definitely mobile. I don't know. Maybe the first one is like an update to a game that's already out. Because this think one's they are, called they Missing have... Link, and the other one's called Union something. I think that Union Cross, whatever, I think it's a game that's already out. I think I could be mm. wrong uh, if, there many, if there are any Kingdom Hearts. I'm fans, already confused, uh, and the games aren't out. <laughs> yeah, there's so many. Um, but and yeah. I'm not really interested in these. I, said, I don't play the spinoffs for the most part. I think my brain would turn to mush if I tried to keep track of them all. Mm hmm. Um, but I mean, I I said I like Kingdom Hearts for the gameplay. Even if I, the story is weird, this gameplay looks pretty cool to me. Like I think I would be into you know down to trying this out. Um, I know a lot. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna quick question. Does does PlayStation still has the the rights to this franchise? Right? Because I remember the last one didn't come to Xbox immediately. Didn't it come out like uh, six months or a year later? I know. I think three. I, I could be wrong here. Um, I'm pretty sure three came out to all of them. Now the first couple didn't come out to Xbox because I while. thought it was three came was uh, came at a later date, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong too. I feel like it was on both systems, but I could be wrong. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know who has exclusive rights to mm -hmm. it. I don't think it's exclusive to Sony anymore, but I could be wrong. Someone um, in the comments would be like, "You're wrong. This is what this is what's happening." Hey, I'm telling you right now, I don't know for sure. <laughs> I don't I, know either. From my recollection, I'm trying to remember, when did I play Kingdom Hearts on the first time? I'm trying to look. I have it. I played it on PS4. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I guess I couldn't even say. I don't remember if it was on 360 or, or not 360. <laughs> it definitely wasn't on 360. Giant monster. Um, oh, it's actually killing people. Interesting. Yeah, and, like, the Kingdom Hearts stuff gets kind of dark, too, during parts. Like, I like where it goes. I mean, it gets a little cheesy, too, and, you know, eh, it's the power of the heart. But at the same time, you know, it's got some crazy boss battles. The action in real time is a lot of fun. So I know a lot of people are... I wanted, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say, how are you... Are you okay with uh, smaller shoes? <laughs> I was just about to say. Um, <laughs> I said, noticed I noticed that. I don't care. Um, I know a lot of people are up in arms about it, but... You know, this I'm looking at this as like it's a fresh start to this franchise. They can do whatever they want because in the last game they did wrap up that old story arc. Look how so all tiny, tiny shoes those are. Such a shame. Well, you know, if it's the world there, and that's one thing that is interesting. Like, um, yeah, I guess you know it isn't always this way in all of the worlds they visit. But the whole point is that Sora, when he goes to different places, he changes his aesthetic. So in this world, that's probably how he should look. If he ends up still going to other Disney worlds inside of this game, I bet he'll change. Maybe his shoes will get bigger again. Who knows? Um, we will see. But yeah, it looks interesting. I mean, I don't know. I've always, to me, they've always had a very Square Enix look. I mean, they're made by Square Enix, but like, I don't know. For some reason, I, I, I've always associated it more with, you know, Square Enix RPGs rather than, like, Disney-oriented stuff, which 
Is that a fair thing to say? Or they do they lean more yeah. into that? I think, I mean, a lot of people play them for the Disney games, but I'll tell you, they've leaned far more into either the Final Fantasy side of it, or really just their own Kingdom Hearts lore at this point, which is pretty much Final Fantasy at this point. Mm -hmm. The Disney stuff is just there to, I think, kind of tie some stuff together. Um, I'm curious how heavy it's going to go into straight-up Disney next time, at least as far as, like, the animated movies. A lot of people, you know, are theorizing, um, you know, Marvel could make a big appearance in this. Uh, I think there was, I, I missed it, I think, in a trailer. Somebody was saying um, there's something showing that there might be some Star Wars connections in there. Mm. And I don't know if I am a fan of that or not. I mean, uh, I don't know. I think it's neat that they have all these, you know, IPs to play with, whether it be Star Wars, Marvel, Disney, whatever it may be. But I think a lot of times those certain IPs get shoot. <coughs> I'm sorry. I'm dying over here. Uh, mm. Get shoehorned in. Like, I felt that with, like, the Frozen game. Not Frozen Game, the Frozen World inside of the last one. That felt like that was, you know, mandated by Disney. You must have Frozen in here. You must let this song play out, you know, one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel like there was a lot of... I don't want to say not a lot of passion in it, because I'm sure the developers put a lot of time and effort and some people really cared about it, but it did not feel like... An, what's the way I say this? A key or integral part to that game. It felt like it was kind of soulless to me. And I don't want that to be the case if they bring in, like, Marvel or Star Wars, where it's like, okay, well, we got to check off this Star Wars world box that we were told to do, mm -hmm. and then it's just some lifeless recreation of, you know, Force Awakens or something like that. I think that's what I'm a little worried about, too. You know they're probably going to dig into the newer Star Wars and not the older ones, which, eh, you know, new Star Wars. So <laughs> I just we'll want to see, see uh, Wolverine claw people to death. Claw, oh, yeah. claw Goofy to death. That's, that's what I want to see in my... Oh, that's, that's everybody's dream, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, I'm intrigued. Um, I like Kingdom Hearts for the gameplay at the very least. I I've gotten to the point where the story, no matter how weird it is, I just kind of turn my head off too. So I'll I'll check it out whenever it comes out. Sorry, I just read this whole article while you were talking. I was trying to listen and read it, but yeah, the, the article doesn't really say anything. There's no substantial like date given. There's no nothing. Oh, no. Just... And it was like a what minute long trailer or something. Yeah. I mean, this is just basically saying. Hey, it's definitely coming. I know um, the last game ended with, and I think this game is clearly going into it, like Sora ends up in, I don't know if you played this game, um, The World Ends With You. Are you familiar with that at all? I feel like it sounds familiar. I don't know. I couldn't tell you anything about it. I don't it, know though. a lot about it. I think it was, was it a 3DS game first? Oh, man, I can't remember. Um, either way, it was a game that had already been out. And I guess he ends up in this other franchise essentially it's not even like a disney related one so i'm curious how he this might even branch into other non-disney related ips because to my knowledge that that game the world ends with you has nothing to do with disney i think it might be a square enix game potentially i could be wrong even on that but will we see uh these characters actually go to like final fantasy worlds i think that'd actually be Ooh. interesting you see a lot of final fantasy characters in these games but very little of them interacting in like you don't see them going to Midgar or something like that. Um, I think that'd be kind of cool, like seeing these characters like, hop into the Final Fantasy worlds and hop around. So, I don't know. Maybe there's room for it to kind of lean into that direction. Um, Clearly, the art style is going that way. Chop off uh, Donald Duck's head. Yeah. Well, I mean, they already have Sephiroth in there. Like, <laughs> <Okay>. because, <laughs> like, if you want that, you can go see that right now. Wasn't but. he in the first game, actually? Or no, it was a different yeah. character from. No, Sephiroth's been in every. Was he in three? He was oh, in the. I can't remember. He was in one, he was in two for sure. What's the character um, you talked to in the very first one with the three-headed dog? Leon. Which one? Oh, well, Sephiroth, what are you talking about? And one or two? In one, there's a scene where you, before just before you fight the three-headed dogs, you, you're talking... Oh, to the club. 
Oh, you're talking to Cloud. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and Sephiroth is in that. You fight Sephiroth in the Hades arena. Mm, interesting. Um, and then two is like out in the whole oh, the icy world, whatever it was. So one and two, you definitely fight them. I don't remember if three had Sephiroth. Oh man, someone's gonna be flaming me in the comments because they know they had another like really intense hard battle. But I don't remember if Sephiroth was there. I think the well, I my more my big question for you is I don't remember in your room. Do you have a Keyblade? I don't remember if you do or not. No Keyblades. I well, okay, I lie. Um, I don't have like a life size Keyblade. I got a little like. A keychain set uh, as old. No, 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 that doesn't count. Nope. Oh, I don't need a big keyblade, man. I'm good. No, it's not. Oh, a, I'm not big enough. It's not a real game room. Can have a keyblade. No, I guess not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said, guys, I, there wasn't really much for me to add. I'm, I've never played through a full. Um, I never had to play a full playthrough through any of these games, and I would say I'm mildly interested. I mean, I'm mildly interested in anything that gets announced, but. Yeah, Let me ask you a question, because I know you've started these games, one, I know a couple of times, what keeps turning you off to it? Like, what about it? You're just like, eh, this is not for me. Um, I felt like it was a difficulty thing, but I really? think the first one, I, got, I remember I, I, I've told you before, but I got stuck on the Ursula part. I don't remember why. The Ursula part was just like... You know, Chaz, I'm starting to think you're just bad at games. Cause I've never first said I was Elden Ring, then it was Tunic, and now it's Kingdom Hearts. I mean, come on. I never said I was good at video games. I don't know where you. I don't know. Next week you'd be like, man, that Pong game that just kicked my butt. I couldn't finish. Hey, I I collect games. I didn't say I'm gonna beat all of them. I mean, I'm, I'm, when I do that, you'll uh, you'll you'll know. But I I definitely think at some I definitely think this year I do want to replay at least the first one and maybe get a thing going on there. I because I, there are games I've I've been tentatively interested in i just well it's kind of keep in mind maybe I, I mean i don't know how you play these kind of games i play them i mean they're rpgs and i'm one who likes to grind a lot so mm. before i leave a world i will like do all the side quests grind a little bit so like difficulty usually isn't a big issue for those kind of games for maybe, me um i think you might push through a little quicker yeah maybe I, just, do. You know, I do um so maybe, just slow down a little bit maybe the next time i play it seeing as how i've had some stuff spoiled maybe i'll use a guide I feel like I, I I get so I feel like some games might might be good to have a guide with you and I almost always don't like having a guide but I feel like maybe I need to start kind of like you know maybe kind of, I don't know what do you think about using guides when playing new games or not I don't know if you oh man you play it however you want to I think it depends on what I want out of the game like um, I, I typically try not to use a guide on my first playthrough. So I guess as kind of a perspective on that, uh, I used to use guides all the time for every game I play, like back in the uh, 360 days, because I was you know going for every achievement. I was super big into getting all those. Um, and I think there was a point, I was working through a game, like following the guide step by step, and I think I looked up at the game like, I'm not even enjoying this anymore, because mm -hmm. I was following the guide so closely. Like, I wasn't just playing the game. And it was a fun game. I think it was like, um, oh, it was Bulletstorm, I think is what was my epiphany moment. I love Bulletstorm. That's a good game. Yeah, and I liked the game, but I was like trying to go out of my way to collect all these things and do all this stuff, and it was slowing the pace of the game down. And I think I just looked up, and I'm like, why am I bothering to get like 10 achievement score or whatever? And finally that just, you know, flipped a switch in my head. Didn't care about achievements at all after mm -hmm. that pretty much. Um, so in general, I don't now go to a guide. I mean, if I need to know something, yeah, sure. I mean, I'll pull up a guide. I'm not going to, you know, beat my head against the wall for three hours trying to find something, but I usually play it as it is. Um, if I miss stuff, I miss stuff. If, if the game is good enough, I'll come back and play it again. Or I like the games that, you know, give you a chance to come back and, you know, still clean up afterwards. And then if I want to refer to a guide, I will. Well, cause... Kingdom Hearts, I don't think you really need a guide for. You mm -hmm. just need to take time and just 
enjoy like looking around the areas. Well, now, if you don't think you'll explore, then maybe get a guide. Well, because you've seen my gameplay, my 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 playthroughs of some Zelda games. If I didn't have you or anybody else in chat guiding me, those would definitely be games where I would get frustrated and probably would have dropped. Now, those to might be fair, though, Zelda games can be a little more convoluted by nature. Like, they're a little puzzly. Um, even some like boss mechanics can be a little weird. So you would say some of those are good, good to approach with guides? Yeah, like, if you're someone who's, for one, you know you're adverse to puzzles. You're just like, man, if I have to run into whatever puzzle, I'm going to give up on this game. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, get a guide. Don't, don't frustrate yourself. Because that's what um, I read about Elden Ring. A lot of people said that. A lot of people were like, dude, this is not the game, if you're inexperienced with these game, this franchise, to, like... This is the kind of game you need to have a guide, but I don't know. Mm, that's interesting. Um. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I guess I don't know. What were your last thoughts? Are you excited for Kingdom Hearts Four? I'm not gonna say I'm excited. I am intrigued. I will probably play it. I said the gameplay. I enjoy enough that I will give this game a shot, unless I hear terrible, terrible things about it. Just say you're excited. So, you're gonna go pre-order the $300 Mega Edition. Get a keyblade. Oh yeah. I finally get my keyblade. Yeah, it comes comes shipped in it. Solid gold keyblade. All right, guys. Well, I think that's all I've got to say about Kingdom Hearts 4. Um, we're going to move on to something else Phoenix actually uh, threw my way. I actually didn't even know about this happening, but uh, there was an Unreal Engine 5 um, event that happened where they were... Um, actually, let me pull up my notes. Um, I don't know. Did you want to kind of get it going, Phoenix, on uh, on this event? Sure. I mean, um, I'm not sure how many of your uh chaz jazzman chat fans are all that into, like the techie stuff um i just i've always when i when i have time I like to you know dabble in some mm-hmm. game uh, projects as kind of like a design hobby and you but, don't have to go into uh, specifics but you you know you are very knowledgeable and maybe you've said it before you're not you're not as knowledgeable in the the business am, aspect but in the you know design aspect you're you're pretty you're pretty good i no, no, you're overselling me quite a bit. I am a hobbyist at best. I'm not a professional by any means, but I do like to keep tabs on stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've done some, I mean, I'm a programmer, so I definitely like to dabble in the engine and stuff like that. And I understand like, the workflow to a certain extent, but mm-hmm. I definitely don't want to oversell my talents. Because if there is anybody out there who's a game developer and I speak out of place, I, I apologize profusely because I am certainly not um, uh, in that league. But, well, you're I mean, the I smartest dev I know. There, there you go. That's oh, mine. Well, you got to grow your uh, community of people that you know. Uh, anyways um i like game engines so i'm a nerd in that um perspective because i mean that's what is all of our games are running on i mean the name says what it is it is Mm -hmm. the engine running your games and if you are curious about what games are going to be like in the near future turn your sight to the engines because that's going to explain what the new features are going to be the graphical um, processes all that stuff Mm -hmm. um and i've used unreal in the past i haven't really honestly been involved like messing around with it as a hobby even for the past ooh five years or so i mean i i'd spent a fair amount of time in unreal 3 and a little bit of time in unreal 4 but um i mean it's always been for one an extremely popular engine i think um based upon this showcase and some of my i think research i think it's like over like over 40 percent. i think it's like 42 or 43 percent of all the games out there run on some version of unreal which that's a pretty big percentage when you really think about all the games out there and how many companies use like in-house uh, engines. Like forty percent is a pretty um, and it's popular not just market. games. I didn't even realize, but I mean, this you know, Unreal is huge in like video game and, and film, you know, filmmaking. Yeah, back up just a minute on your YouTube video on um, go to that little film uh, spot if you can. Right here. 
uh, you know, when they pan and the camera through. This is one of the coolest things that, and that's the neat thing about where these engines have gotten to because they are so realistic now as far as the assets they can have in there and the real time rendering prowess. Um, mm -hmm. You're seeing it used in uh, oh, cinematography. Like, yeah, hmm. yeah, like um, the first show I saw about that used it was The Mandalorian. Like, pause right there. Yeah, so instead of having to make these crazy detailed sets, it is literally just big curved screens and they're running inside the game engine. So basically wherever the camera is programmed to move, it's moving inside the game engine. So you get the perfect 3D perspective at all times and you can't tell that the background's not real. And if they decide, oh, you know what? I don't like the fact that this um, this shot's at daytime. I want it at nighttime. They just go ahead and take the sun and the game engine, just rotate it across the world. <laughs> oh my gosh. Drop a mountain in the back. They can do whatever they want. I think that is just That's crazy. so and it looks so good. Like um, when I watched The Mandalorian for the first time, I had no idea that half those sets weren't done either on a practical soundstage or something like that. It was like some obscene percentage of the show was shot this way. I don't remember exactly, but um, a lot <laughs> was done in this kind of format. And that's just really, really impressive Sheesh. tech to think about it. You, I didn't even realize, but yeah, you can see like the, uh, the, the roof tiles missing up here. <laughs> yeah. That's... yeah, it's a big ceiling and fake walls. And then, you know, they splice the seams together in post and stuff Sheesh. like that to make you marry a little bit. But it I mean, you see what I'm looking at from right there. It looks pretty good. It looks and they cool. Can, you know, yeah. So, I don't know. It's really exciting to think about that type of application at this point. Um, and then, of course, you've then kind of, you know, pushed that into the gaming world. Um, games of that kind of graphical fidelity, which we all know you're not going to see necessarily that fidelity on your Xbox necess necessarily. Because, you know, there, you need a certain level of processing power to get to that level of quality. But the the option is there if you have the power, which is really, really neat. Mm -hmm. Um and I won't spend a lot of this. I don't know if you have any particular thoughts you want to throw in. I'm just going to run through some of the quick things that I thought were cool about this. No, good. Uh, yeah, so... I actually have my own questions, are... so... That's the, that's the only thing I think I added was a lot of questions. Because <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's what I got. No, and that's fair. Uh, and Unreal's always been good about supplying a lot of stuff to people who pick it up for the first time, like as far as like pre-done assets and like game uh, tutorials and examples. Um, I know in this video they talk about the Lyra multiplayer game, which um, oh, is yeah. really cool. They have an entire multiplayer game with the networking framework set up. And I think they said it runs on mobile, PC, console. It's got all the stuff hooked up and set up to go, and you can just play it. I really liked just... how like uh, how easy it was for them to create this like. Uh, they showed like this uh, step mm -hmm. part that they showed. I'm probably close to. Oh, and the lighting was really cool. What they call it? They called it Lumina or something. Lumen. Uh, oh yeah, Lumen. But yeah, it's kind of cool how like the, the lights kind of follow this ball orb at night. I don't know. Sorry, good. No, no, and that's true. Like these engines have gotten so much better doing things like ray tracing and ambient occlusion and stuff like this that you're seeing, where the light picks up on the colors and bounces it around. Like it's it's really nice to see that especially in a format that's so easier for a designer just to hop in and just start messing with um and of course you know just because you have this engine with all these tools doesn't mean you're going to end up with a great game but mm -hmm. it definitely removes some barriers right our framework is there you can kind of build upon tweak things yeah. at your level that and actually, start adding i mean that basically is one of my questions that i had was um is the creation of video games easier to do than it has ever been with so many assets available or with so many assets available, drag and drop features, yeah. learning courses that are offered they talked about here, and then like those code snippets make it incredibly easy to just kind of put in codes. They're like, you know, drag and drop codes that you've already Maybe. typed in. 
Um, it's a bit of yes to no. I said this is where my lack of professional development is probably going to show because I have not. So why I have not touched five, so I can't say for sure where mm -hmm. that's at. And four, I only dabbled in a little bit. Um, I mean, just from a general answer, I'd say yes because they're giving you so many things to work with. But depending on the game you want, if the game you want to build does not you know meet what is currently in this engine like aesthetically or the mm -hmm. assets that like this is great like, i know they mention um that they have all these photorealistic scanned assets brought in that are free and that's awesome if you're making a game that's trying to go for photorealism what if you're making a borderland style game where you don't want it to oh, look yeah. realistic at all you still gotta make those assets. Yeah. yeah so i think it really depends i don't know what's all in this engine um i know i mean cell shading is something that's in there i know so it just kind of depends on what you need to add and kind of your skill level, what your game design. And, make, kind and of maybe it's still out. it still just makes it look easy because they're just like editing a couple uh, features here. But like yeah, the entire anything. foundation of this thing is already there. So. I will say because um, so the two engines I have probably done the most work on, I've messed around with Unreal 3 a fair amount back in the day, only a little bit of 4. And then I mess around with um, Unity engine a lot. In my experience, Unity is the easiest one to work with. Hmm. Um, it doesn't offer nearly as much, but from a coding standpoint, man, it's so easy to hop in there and just start adding code to. Now, four, um, Unreal 4 is definitely a lot easier in that regard, but um, 4, or I just should say Unreal in general, is a much bigger engine. There's a lot more, especially from a coding standpoint, with how things are kind of, you know, stacked and... Um, um, inherited from everything, so if we have to really understand how the code is laid out. So you would say that really there are, sorry, so you would say that there are people that would prefer to use an older version of UE rather than five. No, I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying that. It's like I'm, I can't even say that with a level of certainty because I haven't used five oh, in depth okay. or even four in a lot of depth. Any game so. devs that you know watch this, feel free to let us know, or like I'd be, I'd be fascinated to know if there are aspects of one older version that people like versus I'm, I'm sure that is the case, but. Oh, I don't even think it's that people would want to use an older version. I'm just saying from my experience, the older versions from at least a coding standpoint were more complex as opposed to something like unity unity, at least for me, was really easy as a hop in as add stuff too. But maybe that's because I'm bad at game design. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Unreal offers a lot, though, that Unity at least didn't um, at the time, especially this new version. There's just stuff in this that I don't see as a feature in Unity at this point. So um, it does make it easier in at least a high level if you're not trying to do anything super, super intricate. But if you're still trying to make a super customized game, there's still going to be a lot of barriers and hurdles. But um, I would say far more uh, less than if you're trying to do this in-house. And that's something you're going to start seeing a lot more of. And that was one of the things I want to mention. You're seeing a lot of companies kind of get persuaded over into dropping their in-house engines for something like Unreal that's super documented, it has a good you know set of bones to it. Like we know, uh, CD Projekt Red, uh, Red is moving away from their in-house engine and moving to Unreal Five. <laughs> a monopoly, uh, a monopoly. I don't think this is a monopoly. I mean, forty percent not a monopoly. Um, yeah, man, I, I'm trying to even think how to respond to that necessarily because I don't think it's a monopoly. Um, no, I'm, I was just, ways, I just thought it was funny. Well, I mean, what? How do I want to say this? You're right. I mean, you never want one uh, corporation having the majority of, you know, all the games out there that mm -hmm. they're now dependent on this engine. There's no other competition. Of course, that's a concern. We're not there yet. There's enough big, high-profile uh, games with good, solid engines or alternatives that that's not the case. And um, I know I wasn't, you know, praising Unity a moment ago, but Unity is an amazing engine, too. Mm -hmm. Super flexible, easy to work with. It may not have some of these new bells and whistles that Unreal has right now. 
it will in the future and it's really easy to work with so you're always going to have that competition to something like unreal but i think what's really nice is it lets developers who get caught up in the technical side of creation kind of pull away from that now utilize this tech that's already available and just make a better game like you could argue that if cd project red had moved to unreal for um uh cyberpunk you probably wouldn't have had all these issues because from my knowledge granted i've not played all with cyberpunk i've only played a few hours um this game itself was not bad like this narrative was pretty good um mm. most of the like main gameplay components were fine the issues were technical and that boils down to engine issues for the most part frame rate things crashes things of that nature if they could have used an engine that was a little more proven, like Unreal, they may not have had all those issues. So that's interesting. Grand, to bring up. Yeah, and to be fair, I mean, it's hard to say, oh, well, they should just use that because going back, you know, however many years ago when they decided to, you know, start making something like Cyberpunk, they may not have thought they'd run into all these issues with their current engine. They also probably weren't expecting a pandemic to pop up and cause all these headaches for them. So it's probably not fair to say, oh, you should have chosen Unreal you know, X amount of time ago, and now you're worried about your own. Do, but you, um, I think... do you think it would be smart for other companies to follow suit? Like, I know Bethesda in the past has been, you know, dragged through the mud based on some of their engines. Uh, you know what I mean? People always have that, oh... People, they need to leave uh, whatever engine they have behind. You know, Fallout 3 looked like, terrible. Fallout 4 looked bad. 76 looked bad, you know. It depends, and it's easy to look back in hindsight and say, oh, they should have used another engine. But here's the thing. You do give up a little bit when you use someone else's engine. Like, uh, something like Unreal, you can customize a lot and do stuff too. But if your game doesn't just naturally fit what that engine is made for then you may or may not be in a better boat. Like for you, um, that was the in, uh, issue I think I was mentioning way back when with uh, Silicon Knights, remember with Two Human? Yes, yes, yes. Um, mm. Their game that they wanted to make, for whatever reason, they just couldn't get to work well in Unreal. And they blamed the engine all over the board. Like, oh, they didn't, they kept changing the game on us and updating, blah, 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 blah. In that case, they probably would have been better just making their own engine. They had full control over. They didn't have to worry about weird updates. And they could make an engine that did exactly what they needed to instead of trying to add the functionality on to Unreal. So that's still going to be the decision you have to make when you're choosing an engine is, does this engine offer the features that I can use for the game I want to make? If not, is it going to be a huge headache for me to add those features? And if so... I might be better making my own. Granted, making your own engine is a huge undertaking, so it's not like you would just sit out of the blue and say, ah, I'm just going to make a game engine. But if you already had one in-house, like you, you're Bethesda and you've got their creation engine, if they feel like, you know what, there's enough room that we can adapt and adjust and add the new features, they may still go with that. They have full control over their engine, and that's probably where they want to be at, having that full control. Mm -hmm. They also don't have to license anything over to Unreal or pay them any you know, um, revenue streams because they're using their engine to make their game. That's another big component of this I think some people don't think about. They are going to have to pay Unreal to use their engine, and it's, I think it's a certain amount. I could be wrong. I need to look. I don't want to speak out of place here, but what does, there what does is Unreal get paid? Like, what is, how, does Un how does Unreal get paid? Is it from... Revenue? Is it, like it, it changes. Um, and I, as I don't want to speak out of place here because I don't recall. Um, it used to be under a certain amount of profit. I think it was like a flat rate they would get. I think they might get a lot more if it's a game that sells really, really well. I could be wrong. Um, Maybe there's like stipulations sure. where it's like, well, you know, if your game doesn't do much, we won't take much. But the more, you know, it's like taxes at the end of the year. The more money you make, the more we'll take, you know? 
And it could, I guess I don't want to say for sure. I'm just they saying it could be. Pricing uh, game. <laughs> but that's my point, though. It does cost something to use Unreal. Now, maybe that's worth it to you. Because you got to think, too, if you're going to make an engine, you're spending a lot of cost into development time to make this engine. So mm-hmm. what you would pay Unreal might be less than what you'd pay your in-house developers to go ahead and make this engine. So it's a it's a balance there. Um, Money versus I mean, work, I, pretty much, it sounds like. Say it again? Money versus work. It sounds like yeah, and you know, work is money. So I mean, yeah. it, it all kind of boils down to the same thing: which is cheaper and which is going to give them less headaches. Um, in you know, just overall, I think this looks like a fantastic engine. Um, it's I me. Mean, Unreal has proven themselves to be a leader in this particular aspect of you know technology and software development. And I think what's really nice to see is, that, and they mentioned it throughout this video. This this is proven. They've already launched this now with Fortnite, which is you know still one of the world's biggest games. Mm-hmm. So you know it can handle massive amounts of Boo. people playing it. It's it's not about it being Fortnite. It's I'm about a game that is so flexible that you know it already has a mobile uh, infrastructure. It's got console. It's got PC. Like they, that's the best advertisement they could have for this engine. Um, so thinking you can take that core, the engine that runs that major game, and apply it to your game is super super appealing. Um, they're showing that scanning process well, here right now. Now that which I think kind about it, I, I remember scans. seeing all the scanning process used when Forza was showing. What what engine does Forza Five use? Um, it's in-house. Um, I can't remember the name. Because they of it. were showing um, all of the same type of stuff during E3. They were showing all of the picture. You know, what's interesting about this though is, I mean, he says, okay, so they went through the professional scans. They're releasing an app, so you as a developer can take your phone and just scan an object. Oh, I didn't even. Get... I wasn't even paying attention to that. That's what she was showing with that uh, that um, what that chair or whatnot. They just in their office just scan the chair and bam, they got a high res you know model to work with, and that's that's crazy. Um, they were getting to that point. But I don't know. I, I think it's neat. I think it's definitely going to... You'll start seeing the impacts of this as we start now easing into like our true next generation. Now this engine's really out there. Mm-hmm. We're going to see a lot of cool stuff popping up. Yeah, so I think that means Unreal Engine 5, uh, Game of the Year 2022, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, definitely. Um, I don't know. I guess one funny question I had is, uh, will the human race be overtaken by triangles and nanites? Do you think oh, that's are we already? You know, we could be in a simulation. Isn't that that whole oh, uh, red, psychological... Red pill, red pill, blue pill? Not even that. Like, um, what? what's the odds that we are already a simulation, right? Because if you're thinking about the possibilities of, you know, are we the first um, what sentient being to create AI? Or are we, like, somewhere down the chain of all the AI that's mm. been created? Mm. It's more probable that we are created than the creators. Um, I don't know. Um, was it Neil deGrasse Tyson has a really interesting kind of explanation of that, but... Either way, <laughs> I'm getting all existential now. You know, yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to go into that because I don't want to let them know that we're onto them. But, you disappeared. Uh, can't hear you. Oh uh, no, I I said I don't want to let them know that we're onto them. Oh yeah. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about that. Um, but yeah, I guess was there anything else? I'm gonna go back through anything else. Oh, I guess just one other question I had was uh. Are you, are you have you been a fan of any of the previous Crystal Dynamics Tomb Raider games? Because uh, the next Tomb Raider game actually was announced at the very end of here. Where mm-hmm. was it? Uh, I was like the last thing. Yeah, but yeah. Do you like any of those games or? I haven't played much of them. I started the the first new one. Um, whenever that came out, I was like, ooh, it's like twenty thirteen. It's I been like twenty eleven. Oh yeah, twenty thirteen probably about twenty twelve. Because um when I first when I that first PC I got that you built for me, 
um, mm. that came with a digital code for the first Tomb Raider game. And I think that was probably like 2013, 2012. Yeah. Um, and I played, you know, a handful of hours in that game. I liked it well enough. Um, I think I was just playing something else at the time. I kind of fell off. Tomb Raider has never been like my go-to franchise. I think at that time I was also like starting to get into the Uncharted a little more. So I kind of scratched that itch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am not, you know, opposed to this. I know those I... were uh, highly, um, I mean, people like those games quite a bit. So I loved the first one. I really liked the first one. And then for some reason I just fell off the second one. Um, mm. I don't remember what it was, but the first one I really liked. I'm trying to remember my thoughts, but like it, I don't know. I kind of liked it's different. I felt like it was a different different take on kind of the Lara Croft Tomb Raider stuff. Because to be yeah. honest, I didn't have a great experience with some of the original games. So I felt like the newer one was more, I don't know, it just felt more modern. And I, I don't know, I liked, there was like a wolf section I remember where you were like getting attacked by multiple wolves. I kind of liked it, kind of got mystical at the end. I don't know. We won't, I won't go too far, but I liked the first one. Second one, I, I just, I started it and just didn't get far. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I have no real like, strong opinion one way or the other about this. I am not surprised. I'm sure this will be a solid entry. I'm curious, are they continuing You know that line of Tomb Raiders? Like, this would be like Tomb Raider 4 out of the new um, uh, kind of you know, direction they went? Or will they reboot it again? Will it be something completely different? So they tried making that movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Well. Was it Alicia Vikander? They tried making yeah. a movie that didn't do too well. Did not watch it. Nope. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, the the future is bright. the The machines are right around the corner. Be afraid. Uh, hail our <laughs> robot overlords. <laughs> we love you to our overlords. Hold on. Let me back to the cam. We love you. Be uh, be to go gentle on us. Beep uh, beep boop. <laughs> beep beep boop 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 boop. Um. All right. So, um. Let's see. What are we at? An hour six. So, uh, yeah, next I guess we're going to go into Halo. So those, are, those are the short topics, right, that we just spent an those, hour on? <laughs> yeah, well, we went we went a little bit longer on um, Borderlands than I thought we would. And our opening yeah. lasted like 15 minutes. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we're, we're going into details in front of the, not in front of the peoples. Um, but yeah, so we're going to move on to Halo, the TV series episodes 2 and 3. Um, seeing as how we took, uh, or we're going to be a day, day or two late, we, me and Phoenix were actually able to watch episode three as well. So we'll go into what we thought about those two. Um, oh, oh, oh let me switch overs. All right, so I'll switch back. Well, Phoenix, I guess just, I wasn't crazy about episode two. Um, you said you liked it more than me, correct? Yes. Um... Do you want me to explain why yet, or do you want to kind of go off? What What are your feelings on it? Like, since you kind of said that you on episode two or uh, three, how do we want to approach this? Just talk about but, two first. Yeah, I mean, so I'll just do a blanket statement. I don't love where the show is going, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that uh, it's still in the same kind of um, weird off direction I felt like was happening in the first episode. There's some things I have appreciated about what they're trying, but overall, eh, not a big fan. Well, so, kind of the I whole. Would, oh, sorry, Red. No, I was going to say, I was say we can focus still on episode and episode. I just kind of want to throw that out there yeah. so you knew going into it where I stood on this. Um, I'm a bit more open. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit more open with where they're going. Like, to be honest, like, I don't mind them uh, kind of uh, venturing off and doing different things with the plot and certain things. I think more my sole main issue has been so far with Chief. 
Um, everything else, I'm okay with them rotating and trying different things. But definitely what they've done with Chief for me has been kind of eh. Um, mm. But yeah, I guess episode two, just kind of what I had is... Um, th- that episode, in my opinion, kind of tackled with the idea of training versus programming or, or thinking or chief thinking for himself which is um uh i don't know something uh, who who said that to him i don't even remember because i watched episode two it feels like so long ago um but You're yeah talking about his buddy on the 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 space station was it soren was that oh soren is so yeah soren is the one that brought that up to him which um because i, I think that ended up leading into soren was trying to get him to remove his he has some sort of emotional yeah. tracker, which they they, they, they delve deeper into in episode three. Because um, I guess Soren removed that <laughs> either before he he fled or after he fled. I don't remember. Right. Um, <clears throat> gosh, all of a sudden my cough came back. Um, but yeah, my big problem with episode two is like, and even in episode three is still like my biggest problem is Chief is still like helmetless throughout like... 90% of these episodes it's it's yeah. for me it clearly shows that the showrunners are just not confident that they can convey like any sort of emotion on any on chief you know without showing his face which it's like like that it just that was just such a staple with the games it's like chief's helmet is so iconic but he's never wearing the helmet i'm just like for me i'm like tired of seeing this guy's face i mean do you agree uh yeah i mean i i agree i think maybe my rationale is like touching base on kind of what you're saying but it's maybe a little more focused um in some areas like so yes i don't love his helmets off the whole time and i feel like they're using that kind of stripping him down from that standpoint to make him seem more human more relatable but i think what's so weird and what i think made episode two work a little bit and it had nothing to do with the fact that he didn't have a helmet on or, you know, any of that. Um, I think the best way they could have, you know, humanized Chief and given him more of, like, some stakes and personality is to show how he interacts with, you know, people like Soren, the, his Spartan crew that he kind of grew up with and the uh, per- people around him, the other um, soldiers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I actually really liked how they gave that little bit of backstory with him and Soren and him, you know, letting him go but still being kind of very, like, much for the UNSC and all of that, and then kind of their back and forth and relationship mm-hmm. on the space station. Like, I liked that. Here's the thing, though. They didn't need to have that helmetless. Like, I think that could have worked in the armor the entire time if he needed to. Um, so, I, I don't know. I feel like they're using that stripped-down armor look just to make him more personable when really they should be leaning into these character moments. Like, that's the best way to do it. Um... um. Uh, I guess. Go ahead. No, I just want to throw in um, something I realized partly into episode three is like I've realized like all of my least favorite sections are sections that involve the Quan character. And I was thinking while I was watching it, what exactly is she is her and her side plot bringing to the show? Like, can you think of like any positive? Like, it feels like she's just like a bear. She's like a wall in between. Like every time I see her, I get like. Like I'm just like I'm more interested in what's going on with the Halsey, the 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 chief, and all of that UNSC stuff. And yeah, then, I'm not into her story. Well, well, like, what's the point though? Like, what is the point of her plot? Like, I could care. I don't know. Um, the only thing I can think of because they, they tried really hard. That was a whole you know <laughs> kind of point in episode one was that 
chief wanted to save this girl. So he's got some kind of emotional stake tied to this girl. And I have a feeling he's going to tie back to that at some point. He's going to find out she's in trouble and he's going to have to come and rescue her. And it's going to be some big, you know, humanizing character moment for chief. But once I think that's, that's conveyed that he has emotions and is a person fighting with, with, you know, his programming, like, okay, then what's her, what's the point when you got that across that he, that he's fighting amongst himself, you know? Oh, and she, there may not be a bigger point than that, which in and of itself is not terrible. Um, I just think right now that's probably the least interesting part of where they're going with this. Um, and I'm, I don't know, I'm trying to think if this is the right time you can kind of throw it in because it might be a little um, off sidetrack a little bit. But I mean, I get there once again. They're humanizing Chief, and maybe the, her character is one facet of doing it. But I do not like the way they're taking Chief from like an emotional standpoint, like. Uh, was it end of chapter two how he just gets straight up angry with that one guy like slams him against the wall like yeah i don't see chief doing that <laughs> and i i guess i'm trying to separate okay, this is not the chief i know from the games um and i guess i keep holding out that okay he's gonna build to that like he's gonna end up being that chief at some point and i don't think that's gonna happen at this point um like i'm trying to understand even like where this story is taking place in the greater like um, you know, timeline of the Halo canon. Like, it's clearly before the fall of Reach, but... I don't think they're trying to fall. fit it in, in the canon. I think they're... Well, here's the, you know they're going to go through, and they're going to be pulling from all the different stories. Not sure they're trying to fit it into the canon canon, but, you know, they're going to lead through them finding the Halo and all that kind of stuff, so... I don't know. Like, I keep hoping that when they get to that point where, like, the games have caught up with this, that we'll start seeing some semblance of the chief that we know from the games on the screen. And I just, I'm seeing less and less of that happening. Cause I feel like at this point, if there was even a chance of that happening and us getting that chief, he should already be that chief by now. It's some, some facet. And I think he's gearing or very more and more away from that. I like the idea of him exploring the programming nature of what's going on, but I don't like how emotional they're letting him get. And maybe that's me not being open enough to it, but the chief that I've seen and known throughout the games is not that he doesn't have emotion, but he doesn't get emotional. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Like he doesn't yeah. go off the handle or he, you know, he shows moments of frustration, but the way they made this guy act uh, during parts, just how upset he gets and how mm -hmm. like weird he gets and like behaves with some of the other actors. I'm like, that's, that's not chief. That's, that's some guy. That's yeah. not chief to me. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm still taking a hard issue with that. I'm also, uh, uh kind of just going back to what we were saying about the helmet thing um i don't know if you saw my text from earlier but i actually kind of did some digging and apparently i mean the reasoning i'm guessing for why he's so helmetless is um i, I ended up looking up this actor whose name is pablo schreiber um i actually didn't even know it but i looked it up he's actually leave schreiber's brother i don't know if you know that mm -hmm. actor yeah uh he's he's his brother and he apparently it's in very early talks, but I think there's rumors that he's in talks to actually play the next Wolverine in the Marvel. Oh, man, I hope not. And not that I don't like this guy. It, man, do, do you know why I would have an issue with that? Why I, I mentioned why that might be happening is because his brother played... Uh, played oh, what's his name? Uh, Sabretooth. Sabretooth, yeah. His brother played Sabretooth in a Wolverine movie. So I'm wondering if his brother's ties to Marvel... Are helping him, you know, kind of get in, get in good with well, Marvel. But go ahead, oh, sorry. Well, I guess what I'm kind of asking, like I, oh man, I know I'm going to come across like um, 
I don't know, all like comic book authoritarian here, but it's not that I don't mind them changing characters a little bit and like adapting. Like, they, and they've changed, like, the uh, Wolverine we have right now with Hugh Jackman is not the exact same Wolverine from the comics, and I'm okay with that. But there's a, there's always a few features or aspects about a character that I feel like should be there. And sometimes it is like a phil- physicality thing you or mean, certain. You can talk about height? Because yes. this guy's this guy's six <laughs> five. Huge. This guy's six five, and Wolverine's supposed to be like five eight or five six. Exactly, and like, <laughs> and Hugh Jackman's not the shortest. I thought guy. you were like, gonna go there too. Yeah, and that's what I was asked. Like, if you kind of read where I was going with this, I have no issue with the guy's acting. Um, I, I think he's actually. Here's the thing: I don't like his chief. I don't think that's his fault, though. I think he is acting mm-hmm. well. Um, he's a huge guy. I, I, like, I was, I was actually. Oh, sorry, cutting you off again. Go ahead. No, you're right. He, he is a huge guy. I was, just, when he, like, I was trying to compare him in the show like, yeah. when he was in, out of his uh, armor, and he was still a giant. When he's walking cool. in episode three, when he's walking amongst all the civilians, I was like, he must be wearing some huge shoes. And then I looked it up, and it says 6'5", and I'm like, oh, no, he's like legitimately taller than everyone else. Which I think is actually one of the best casting dis- uh, my aspects of the decision that uh, they could have made. Like, Chief should be a giant. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is an old game. So but Wolverine I like- should not be. Yeah, that is so wrong for Wolverine. And I say I can argue him being not like super tiny. Like he could be like an average sized dude. Like Hugh Jackman, like what is he like? Shy of six foot or right at six he's, foot? Or he's something? not a short guy, not a tall man. He's maybe like yeah, five ten, five eleven, I think. Yeah, relatively average. He's not the, you know, like five two or something that Wolverine is, but that was okay. I could work with that. I cannot see this guy being Wolverine and fitting that at all. And, Hugh, Hugh was and, such a perfect fit from the start. Even if he was six four, it was it would have been like, okay, this guy's Wolverine. You know what I mean? I just think he was. No, no, I would have taken issue if he would have been six four. Uh, I said there to me, and maybe I am just being like you know too by the book with the comics. I don't know, and I'm not even a huge comic guy. But come on, Bob. Here's the thing: there's always a <laughs> few aspects to a character that. Yeah need to be there i don't know and maybe i'm i'm wrong and i if someone wants to argue me in the comments i mean i can certainly probably be persuaded but i have just a strong inclination towards be like something like that that is so just what's the word it's like um iconography about this guy like you think of wolverine he's he's short tiny just angry guy um are you saying he's overcompensating? Are you saying Wolverine's no. overcompensating for his height? No, but either way, I know I'm going off on no, side. Yeah. But that's why I wouldn't like him as Wolverine, and that's, I know. And you might be right. Maybe that's why they're giving him so much face time. They're trying to, you know, test him out, like, the waters a little bit to see if, you know, Once again, like him, stuff like that. I don't mean to be, you know, Theory Man McGee, but once again, his brother has worked on a Marvel movie. His brother has ties to Marvel, and more specifically, the Fox area you know who i think is i don't know what disney has done with the fox side of of, or i don't know what disney has done with the fox side of the wolverine i don't know if they brought those people over or if they let them go you know what i mean but i know at least his brother probably still has ties in with the x-men stuff so i would imagine nothing is off the table with that like you mean the way that um marvel is mixing in characters from other you know, franchise like the Sony franchises, and even like WandaVision, they brought in you know the different Quicksilvers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're they're bringing in whoever they don't care. So and once again, I mean, that there's... stuff I was bringing up is all rumors. Like that is not set in stone. I don't believe anything's been signed. They just said he was in talks, which means anything could happen from there. Yeah. Well, either way, I just I put on the record I don't want this guy to be Wolverine. But anyways, mm-hmm. um. Uh, where are we at as far as the Halo thing? Um, I'm trying to think what else I specifically don't like about where they're going uh, with one, this. One, 
I just wanted to bring up that I don't I dislike how like villain-esque the UNSC the UNSC is in this so far well, like the UNSC is like really bad like, well okay so I mean they're definitely playing into that don't get me wrong um and I, mean, I, I guess I it could just be political not, stuff but I'm not the biggest Halo lore buff guy but I feel like that's somewhat accurate like um the UNSC that no, way but is the entirety of you at the UNSC I think, well, it depends. Here's the thing. With a lot of these, you know, military-focused kind of, you know, uh, stories, it's perspective-based, right? Like, mm -hmm. depending what side of the conflict you're on, it's going to villainize the other side of it. So I believe the, the whole rebellion aspect of what they're kind of showing in this show is not unique to the show. I'm pretty sure that was points inside the book. Like, there were these rebellions and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I think some of the stuff that you, the UNSC did was kind of messed up because once again it's like you know military authoritative kind of you know control they were trying to you know, push on these um, rebellious colonies and i could be wrong once again if you've read more halo books than me you can certainly you know add your input here and i could be off base but i don't mind that i think the unsc doesn't really come across as feeling you know like a heroic entity until they have to because they have to fight against the covenant so maybe that's the perspective change they're taking i don't mind that i don't mind halsey even feeling a little more evil if you will like i don't think she was necessarily like that in the games and books but i don't know i, I don't know enough to i think hold a like a, you know a firm stance one way or the other on that i don't really love the mommy dynamic that they're setting her up with with chief like well what i i was gonna say since you bring that up what i think they're doing is they're using or I'll switch back i think what they're doing is they're using that um mommy dynamic i think they're using that to kind of um to kind of um come back or they're using that to kind of i'm trying to think of how to say it they're using that against the actual dynamic she has with her actual daughter in miranda so i think they're trying maybe they're trying to play with like she she, she doesn't have any liking or care for her actual daughter family but she cares more for her like you know fake but does she really like here's the thing they're very much proving halsey to be a manipulative character that's true and like, that's true what she's doing with john she doesn't i mean the whole point is she doesn't care about john i mean she probably has an experiment her. yeah yeah she has an affinity towards him but she's playing whatever side is going to you know push her um, endeavors and her um interests further like she cares about the cortana project going so she's kind of playing john and cortana against each other a little bit um and i think what i don't like about that beyond just the fact that it's kind of, you know, a weird relationship, and it makes John definitely more emotional in that aspect. Um, I, It doesn't strengthen the Chief character to me. Like, I'm trying to think how that storyline is going to play out where I'm going to be like, Chief is a better character in the end. Like, he feels weak in comparison right now just because he's so underneath Halsey's thumb, right? He's mm -hmm. very much like, whatever you say, Halsey, I'll do that. Shoot, and... even in this last episode, when, in episode three at the end, when I'm like, like, oh, shoot, Halo and... Or, uh, Halo. I keep saying, uh, Chief and Cortana are about to go on this mission. It's like, nope, Halsey's bringing her and her, her assistant on this mission. I'm yeah. like, oh, come on. Like, I would have been cool just to see Chief and Cortana go off on their own thing. Sorry, good. No, I mean, and I agree. Like, I don't know. It, it's weakening Chief's character. And maybe they're going to come around. It's going to be this big turn. And Chief's going to have to you know, stand up because he finds out what, what they did to him and kidnapped him as a kid and all this other stuff and stands up. Stand up Halsey, to his mommy. But, yeah, but I don't know if that's going to make me feel better about Chief's character at the end. Like, 
I, I just can't see a good way for that playing out without just completely villainizing Halsey. Maybe that's the direction they're going. They're just making her straight up the bad guy at this mm -hmm. point, which I don't think is the right interpretation. At least not, once again, from my understanding of the lore. Like, yeah, she was always someone who was very focused on the project and the work. Uh, maybe, you know, definitely took her self-interest a little too far. But I always thought there was a little, at least a little bit of air of respect about Halsey. Like, in the games that I refer to, like, Chief didn't think she was, like, just straight up some evil mommy figure. At least that's not, once again, the perspective that the game's portrayed. Unless I missed something. I mean, I could have. Um, so, I don't know. I don't feel like this is helping Chief's character much. It is humanizing him, I suppose, but it is not strengthening him back up to be the chief and the hero that I've known throughout mm -hmm. these games. Maybe that's not what they want. I mean, I know one of the big uh, just trends in general nowadays is to break down and deconstruct your heroes. Um, and you know what? I, I guess I get the point of that in some cases, but not for this. Like, Halo at its core is about Master Chief. I mean, you could argue it's Halo, this world. Halo's not Mass both. Effect where, you know, you can play both sides, the Paragon and hero like I halo like is Halo's even going mass effecty with this show if that makes sense like the political really? aspect of it like yeah. oh maybe i'm reading into it a little much like some of the music cues even feel mass effecty to me um i almost feel like they wanted to make a mass effect oh, show that's here. true there was a in three there was a, a sting i just I, funny you mentioned that there was a sting i remember in a scene where it was like dun 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 like very mass like space station they were on yeah. visiting and like and maybe i don't know i mean i don't know i'm probably just reading into stuff because my the mind... mass effect reference no they could be taking cues from from multiple things yeah which i don't know i just feel like there's a core of what halo should be it was a core of what any story should be like no matter what the franchise or ip is and i'm not against adaptation some of my favorite you know um movies and shows are adaptations of the source material, but mm -hmm. at their core, they stay true to what that you know IP or franchise is about, whether it be the character or be the world or whatever it may be. And I feel like this show doesn't have that. They have their own story they want to tell. Mm -hmm. They don't care about telling the story of Master Chief that we know. Um, and I mean, that's fine, I guess, but that's not Halo. This is some other sci-fi show they want to go and show with a Halo code of paint on it. They, they've taken just about everything about Halo that you'd be like, oh, I know that thing, or oh, I recognize that thing. And they're like, okay, here it is, but let's change it. They, they haven't given you any one thing from the game or from the story. And just be like, here is Cortana, the way you know and love her. Mm -hmm. Nope, we made Cortana a life-size person. Oh, here's Chief, the way you know him. Except we're going to rip his helmet off. Mm -hmm. Like... Give me something. Throw, throw me a bone here. I guess well, since you saying. brought up Cortana, I'm going to go ahead and push us into like more specific talk in Episode 3. Because I feel like Episode 3, in my opinion, was far more entertaining than 2. And uh, I go the other way. I'm really? I, 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 yeah. Well, I will say it has a horrible beginning. With uh, I specifically put it on my notes. The whole scene with the, the children kissing, I was like, this is how you're starting an episode? I, I was just like kind of um, oh sorry hmm. I was kind of no, no go ahead. I'm I was, just thinking all I was just kind of thrown off by that like it just felt it felt uncomfortable it was just like why is it did feel uncomfortable I will say that like I think I get it and you know it does make me see how this character would be so bought into the covenant like she was living on this desolate place. She had this one connection to this one, like, you know, boy she liked or whatever. And then these human uh, I just felt like you didn't need that specific event happening to convey that. I mean, honestly, I was I was less surprised about the event 
just how brutal it was. And I get this, that's yeah. something this show surprises me with. Like, you know, the way the whole show opened up with just, you know, people getting just blasted. And then you see this, this kid just getting beaten. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like. That's a terrible start to that episode, I thought. I guess here's the thing I don't want to see that in a Halo TV show. I don't know. Maybe I'm being soft on it. I don't know. Why, and Halo why, is, you know, not a non violent. Why you know, does the UNSC thing. have to be so brutal, though? Like, dude, it's, a, it's an entire series based on fighting human annihilation from an a from alien races it's like why 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 do the humans have to be crappy too well okay so i don't mind that at this point in the story i don't mind the u.s unsc is painted a little villainously because i said that that i think to a certain extent is somewhat more accurate i just mean though why Um, does every human colony have to be like horrible yeah well granted we've seen what two two colonies yeah. so we haven't seen everything um mm-hmm. i don't know i'm not trying to downplay your point i think you're you're right in a certain sense it is very bleak and they're definitely they're trying their best to paint the unsc as just these evil monger people but it just, it's a very um, heroic show that's supposed to show like I well know. i think here's my thing is i don't mind it all being so bleak but then i think that really kind of pushes the fact that chief needs to be a paragon a paragon of virtue right. or something and because he is so broken down right now and so unsure of himself it seems like like who am i rooting for in this like i'm not sure where chief is going with this like he's kind of weird he's not the chief i know he's some other character um and everybody else in the show has either their own motives they're pursuing or they're you know they're the covenant who are just straight up bad in this which i wonder if they're going to paint the covenant as you know more heroes you know, favorable in the yeah. end which i don't know this show could do anything at this point it's just a weird tone i don't mind the unsc being kind of bad but they're going just all in on the brutality and mm-hmm. i don't know that definitely made me maybe it's because i'm you know a parent just watching a kid get beat like that really kind of yeah i agree I, I just didn't i don't have a kid and i i was kind of like dude this is this is dumb why is this here um but yeah. there's a couple other things that i just thought were weird like they had to throw in the odd creepy scientist guy trying to kiss the halsey clone when she's on the table and i was like yeah. why is, it's like what why is this here so the guy has an aff- going for some shock factor man the guy like, has I know an affinity you're... for halsey i guessing is what they're saying and it's just like hmm. yeah he's got some like probably some other mommy issues going on and then here. there's the eyeball um, stab part which that was ter- that i didn't like seeing but at least that's like that's like a sci-fi thing they're trying to get across um how cortana was created how this ai has been developed okay that's fine you know that was the one thing where i'm like ill but i okay i get i get it you know yeah no i'm with you there i thought that was a little unnecessary i mean maybe they're gonna do something really weird with this you know scientist assistant character in the future but it was unnecessary to me right now Mm -hmm. and then i guess um i i kind of wanted to say about cortana i liked cortana i mean yeah, it's weird. She's human size, but it's like, I don't know. I'm okay with that. She's a she's an AI. Maybe she can change her size and whatnot. Um, I just at least like that the voice actor is there. That's the CGI is not great. Just a granted, I'll say. I don't. I didn't. I, it, it, there is a bit of like a, what's the phrase? Was uncanny valley? Valley? Yeah. yeah there. Yeah, look odd. There is that, but it's like I'm willing to to put up with not looking great if. You know, you can get the voice actor there. I think that's. I still think Steve Down should have been brought back on, but I don't. I don't know the specifics. But yeah, I mean, so you said you weren't crazy about this Cortana. Yeah, and for the, so that's actually one of the reasons. Like, I, I want to like that it's her voice, but it's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like, they offer you 
a part of what you want. Like, okay, oh, you want to hear Cortana's voice? Here's her voice. Let's change almost everything else about it just, her. It though. just sounds like since you think they're ruining her, you just don't even want the original voice actor just because they're well, ruining it already. It feels like a bait and switch, yeah. you know? Like, just like with Chief. Like, okay, so Chief's armor looked great. Like, when you first see Chief fighting on the, you know, the first part of the first episode, you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, there's Chief. That's cool. And then helmet, and then, helmet like, off. Helmet off, voice is weird, and just like, yeah. oh, that's not Chief. And I feel like I'm getting the same thing. Like, oh, here's Cortana's voice. You know Cortana's voice. Yeah, watch her uh, be all into Cortana. And then it's like, okay, but she's not going to look the same. Um, she's not going to act the same. Now, once again, I don't know exactly how Cortana was at her initiation, like mm-hmm. when she was created. So maybe this is how she was. I'm in the a, book I'm a you can call me a dumb Halo sucker, but that's something that's just good enough. Maybe it'll keep me around to finish this season. I love her voice. Her voice is just so like, and so I do cool. appreciate. It. And the voice actress is definitely you know, pulling from her experience in the games to give you those inflections. But I think she's it's witty, even witty as always, and super sharp. And she's like, kind of has a, you know, she's. You can, doesn't it feel odd to hear her now talking to not the regular Master Chief it does. voice? It does. Like, it just everything about it feels so off to me that's it maybe it's just in my head and i can't get past it and if so i'm sorry but <laughs> no it's, it's fine. really hard for me um and then you add the kind of awkward cg um the life-size thing i don't know if that's what i don't like like i could probably get past that that i can understand um, like once again she's a ai artif- art- artificial so and okay i i could be very wrong on this because i'm kind of building this on my passive understanding of how cortana came about in the games but Cortana, I mean, I know she was one of the first AIs, but for one, she wasn't just embedded in the Chief's brain. Like, she was on a little disc that you plugged into the helmet. Yes. Um, so that was a separate interaction. So they're definitely trying to connect them in a way that is different. I think where it's she the same, because, I mean, I, I, thought, I thought Halsey was holding, like, a disc-looking thing, but then, yeah, they also showed her putting some chip in his brain, so I don't know which it is, because they showed Halsey holding a disc. I think it might be how, like, it was transferred initially, or, like, she's, I don't tapped into a system, but she they clearly showed him, like, or them injecting something. Maybe it's just a transmitter. I don't know, but I thought that was a little weird. I did think that uh, scene was super interesting, though, with um, Halsey talking to her clone, with her clone kind of knowing everything yeah. about her and kind of, like, pressing her buttons, you know, because her clone is her, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I did think that yeah, was interesting. No, I- now, here's something, and this, once again, might just be my lacking of Halo knowledge, but the whole point is there's not just Cortana. There's other AIs like her uh, in, the, in the lore, right? It's not just her. There's and multiples, the point, yeah, I believe. Yeah, and the whole point is that you're not supposed to have these AIs, um, you know, in service for so long. They go, was it rampant or they whatever go they rampant. say? rampant, yeah, you, you get it. Yeah. Um, or rampant, that was rampant C, I think. Fantasy. And that's like the whole point of, you know, where oh, Halo went and starting like Halo 4 was Cortana going crazy. Um, and I feel like that's not something that's been brought up or is on the table. And it's something that maybe it's because she's the first one. But I feel like, I don't know. I don't know this enough from the lore, but were there other AIs or in the actual lore of the game? Should there have already been other AIs and they knew about this rampancy thing, like when they created her? like Or is she just that old and is pre that? Like, I don't I know. Don't I feel like it's messed with my head. Hmm? I, I do think in Halo 4, like, that was something that they already knew about. Like, I do I think... I guess that's my thing. Like, it yeah. acted like that is knowledge that they should have... They already knew about. Like, I don't remember if Cortana was the first AI like this. Or if there were other AIs that already had this rampancy thing. 
and that should be impacting this. Or maybe a Halsey bit. just doesn't care. I mean, Halsey's just oh well, you know, we'll do something. Maybe she's just like we'll cross that bridge when we get there. You know, maybe. Although that I'm is a scary thinking. thing to think about because, I mean, you can see what a rampant AI has done in those games. So I guess just with the way they're treating this story as it is, it makes me think it's not just something that they'll get to later. It's not something they want to include, and I think that's going to be a weird, once again, another really weird missing component of these characters. And maybe I'm you know jumping the gun a little bit because it might be early on and they don't have that knowledge yet, but. I'm trying to, once again, I'm trying to place where this is happening in Chief's story from the games. And maybe I shouldn't be doing that, but this has got to be relatively close to the Fall of Reach, right? And if yes, that's the I would case, think so. I mean, the Fall of Reach ends, like, once again, I'm going off the game, uh, with Chief blasting off in, was it was Pillar of Autumn, right? Or it was one of the ships. He blasts uh, off at the very you're, end. You're going to have better memory than me, probably. I'm um, guess I know that was the whole point of Reach is your team at the very end you, it loads up Chief and blasts him off. You get mm-hmm. him off, and then that starts right into Halo One. So I guess my point is, at the point of Halo One, that Cortana storyline of her going rampant and whatnot, that information was already known. Like it had to have been because I think it was already kind of play, laid out in that game, or maybe it was Halo Two. Cortana wasn't the only AI. I mean, these were other things like seeds are already planted at that point. So if this show is taking place just before the fall of Reach, that should be knowledge that is known. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. like they can't go into like where Halo 1 would be and have that knowledge at this point. I don't know. And maybe I'm really just nitpicking here, but something about that just rubbed me the wrong oh, way. Like I said, that, maybe they're just flying by the seat of their pants. Who knows? I think that's it. And maybe it rubs me wrong because that's such a core story component of where Halo has been in the past, like, four games is Cortana going crazy. Is Rampancy even a thing in this? Well, that's why I'm asking. It doesn't... I don't know. But I feel like that's some... With the way they're creating Cortana and the way they're bringing her up, it's like she's the very first AI of her type. It just feels like maybe they didn't bring it up so that if, if if they get multiple seasons... You know, maybe they'll they'll be like, okay. Now we can bring it up. You know, maybe. And then it's gonna be a whole thing if they discover the rampancy. And yeah. I just don't know if I like that because the part of the whole interesting thing about Cortana is she knew it was gonna happen. And like at the end, it was her being like, "Let me go, John." And like he's like, "No." It was it was then him. That's what humanized Chief. I think of those movies was his not movies. I'm sorry, the games was his relationship with Cortana and not wanting to give her up. Um, and that's where the rampancy thing was kind of, you know, bittersweet in the whole process was he knew she was basically dying and going crazy. And he's like, no, I'm still going to try to save her and hold mm. on to her. And I feel like if that seed isn't planted here in the show pretty soon, you're going to lose what I think is one of the more humanizing char- characteristics or things they've done with Chief's story arc throughout all the games. I don't know. It just feels like misery. I would say I'll get off the topic. I'm ranting now and I'm no. probably just. Digging down a hole I shouldn't Sorry, be. Sorry, calm so, down. Sorry. You get off your chest. I'm here uh, for I just, you. I I think I'm just sad. <laughs> there are things I want to like about this show. I'm really trying. Um, but every little thing they do, it just comes with a caveat or multiple caveats, and I'm just like pulled out of it every time. Like there is no one thing they have done in this show that I'm like, yep, that is Halo. Everything comes with an asterisk next to it, and that just. It's bothering me. And there was another thing I I, I read I, I I thought about it before I read online, but like there was a scene where they were talking about in episode three 
where they were talking about this plague that took over Chief's original home planet and killed all of his people. Yeah. And the very first thing I thought was, are they referring to the flood? Because they said they quarantined that entire planet. So I Maybe. Know. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if that's where they're going. Because it feels like this showrunner or whoever the writers are just taking all these random Halo story threads and fitting them in wherever they want. Because um, once you go flood, man, that's like... Once you go flood, there's no going... Uh, Unflood. <laughs> Unflood. Uh, I mean, the one. flood is like yeah, a big I mean, deal. Like the flood is like. And the whole point is that it was unleashed on the ring, like, and wasn't they like sealed off on the ring by the forerunners or something like that? Like, yeah. Or what? So I don't know. You're well, just... no, wasn't the ring created to eliminate the flood? Yeah. Because the ring is like know. a weapon. I don't know. I just feel like there are ruining what is good Halo lore. Like it's one thing, if, like a game doesn't come with good lore and you're it's pretty much a clean slate you just do whatever you want to with it and tweak things and nobody's gonna care but halo at its core has pretty well thought out lore and these showrunners just like eh, whatever <laughs> I, I <laughs> agree with you. again i i think i brought this phrase up already but it does kind of feel like they're flying by the seat of their pants they're just like all right it does this is gonna a lot of respect to the source yeah, material this is gonna happen this is gonna happen uh you know maybe we'll throw this in but um, I guess just a couple of the things real quick I want to blast through to get through the rest of this. But um, sure. one of the things that bothered me is how exactly does this blonde chick have so much knowledge on human tech and how to troubleshoot and how to use it when she spent her whole life amongst the Covenant? Her whole like teenage and adult life amongst the covenant she just like yeah man i don't knows know how to use the data pad she knows how to like she's like going in and redoing the wires like uh what was her name in the force awakens uh Oh, Ray. Ray. She's like knows more than uh, Harrison Ford. She knows more yeah. about, about about the, the ship. Yeah, it's like how did, yeah. how exactly does this chick know? It? I don't know. Uh, they could explain it away, being like you know, Covenant, um, you know, brought wreckage from UNSC, destroyed whatever, whatever. And she, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to explain it away. She's like I a agree. perfect villain right now. She knows everything about the UNC. She knows everything about Covenant. She's a blessed one. Like. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, maybe there's more to the story. We'll find out. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about her character because it is just this. This is so different than the games. Like, and all she has is a book. She has one human book talking about yeah. kissing. Like, what does that have to do? <laughs> I don't know. That's her whole human knowledge base. I don't know. Who does she practice the kissing with? The Covenant? The Grunts? Her, I don't know. Her, her hand. I don't know. I don't know. It's I don't know. I she is just this big question mark that I don't even know if I should dislike or not like. I probably would like her as an uh, addition. There's rumors that she's she, Chief's sister or something. Oh man, I hope it's not something stupid like that. <laughs> that would be terrible. I agree. There's that like that's what I'll say. I don't mind additions and adaptations to lore. Like if there was something cool they were doing with this character, maybe I'd be like, yeah, that's all right. Granted, it's already coming from a weird spot, but because everything else is already so weird, it's just one more weird thing thrown to the show. I'm like, well, whatever. This they're clearly not making a Halo show. They're making whatever sci-fi show they want. Just throwing in whatever, you know, kitchen sink is lying around. So mm -hmm. I don't know. It I don't know. <laughs> I just have one more thing I'll throw in that we can move on. Can, can we both agree that that stupid energy sword fingernail thing was by far the dumbest thing introduced to the show so far? What in the world was that? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know. How what, I feel about that either. What she is, is she, just a. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I said, what is she? What is she? What, what does she do? If she goes to pick her nose and it accidentally goes off. <laughs> like what? Uh, give herself her own lobotomy. I don't know. 
I, that didn't bother me. Like I think it bothered you. But I think at that point in the show, I was just like, whatever. <laughs> I think that's kind of where I'm getting with this show now. I getting past the angry point. I think I was in denial. Then I was angry. I mean, and seeing I'm, the chief butt is one thing, but to me, the fingernail thing was like, what is this? Why is this here? How do you feel about the nudity? Like. Is that done anything for you? Does that make this show better or worse? <laughs> Does he Jeff's, Chief's butt do anything for me? <laughs> yeah. um, um, at least the Chief butt thing, at least they made that fit with, you know, because he had to take out that chip. I mean, at least that is just yeah, like... He could have had his, his uh, you know, boxers on or but, something. But like the scene, didn't cut that low. <laughs> but the scene with the blonde chick seeing her side boob, like, that was unnecessary. She was just... Yeah. She just decided to change in a room? Like... I don't know. The chief one at no, least I is, agree. and at least that that, that was mildly interesting because Cortana shows up and it's like, oh, oh, it's Cortana, she trying to take a peek? What's going on here? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I didn't go that direction, but um, no, I I am not for it. I don't think it's worth it. I mean, this show is very clearly shown that they want to go for the shocking moments, so I'm not surprised they went that route. But it doesn't add anything to me. Like it's oh. just it's. I, I, just, don't know. I just wanted to rag on the fingernail thing. It was just to me beyond stupid, and I, yeah. I felt dumber for having seen seen that. I don't know. Uh, did you like the hunter scene? Um, I actually didn't realize it, but I didn't realize that the hunters were made of worms. I don't know why I never, like, I never clicked with me. <laughs> I had to look it up. I'm like, where are these worms coming from? And I, and then yeah. it showed a picture, and like, yeah, the hunters' bodies are actually worms. I was like, what? It's actually. Um... I mean, I knew that, but I never really thought about it. I'm more surprised you actually don't see more, like, hunter worm, you know... Um, Game, yeah, in the games? Gameplay, yeah, because, like, that'd be kind of weird. I, mean, I guess because the flood kind of served maybe that point a little bit. It was bit, cool. But... I liked the little, like, horror. It was almost like a mild horror scene edition. I thought it was neat. Yeah. I think it'd be cool in a game if you're about to go to a hunter and they're just, like kind of like dispersed across the room. Mm -hmm. You had to, like, you know, take it down. It'd be neat. I just so never I, I noticed that. That was one of the cooler moments, but... But yeah, so once again, I'm mildly interested to keep going on. I will, whether Phoenix is able to continue on with the episodes or not. If he watches, the, if he keeps watch, Phoenix keeps watching the episodes, we'll keep talking about the episodes. But I feel like I have to now. I've invested too much of my time to back <laughs> hey, out. Hey, once again, that highlight episode one. <laughs> that highlight video for episode one is one of my best performing videos. So, woo -woo. yeah. I don't know. Like I'm, I really am not optimistic that this show is ever going to win me back. Like I don't know what it could even do at this point to like turn favorably in my in my opinion. But I've invested this much time. I, I'm sure the show is not going to be that long. It's probably going to be less than ten episodes, I would imagine. So I'll stick it out. Well, yeah, guys. I guess uh, we've done about everything. I did have one more topic that I was going to throw in. But uh, me and Phoenix kind of chit-chatted, and uh, I think we're going to save that for next week. There was also one additional topic I had, but I think we're going to push that one off for next week as well. If you Should I tell them which one that was? I told you that I pulled that one out. I've already forgotten. Oh, oh. Um... Do we do want to talk about that now? You're talking about the. Ezra no, I just mean thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk. We may talk about that one next week. Well, what is there to talk about, man? <laughs> like, oh, um, do you want to mention it here? We can talk about it for just a minute. Yeah, I mean, do you feel like? I mean, what what's your thoughts on it? I mean, I don't feel Dude, like I don't have a huge amount, but this is so cool. We're throwing the topic in mid uh, mid recording. Oh, um, so cool! <laughs> so spontaneous, guys. Wow, it's getting crazy over here. Whoa. Uh, yeah, if you guys didn't know, hey, on Chaz, man, it's not that crazy. Oh, you see my, my chief butt? 
<laughs> um, if you, side boob. Side boob, yeah. If you guys didn't know, this is really weird. Um, actually, I'm kind of glad we're going to talk about it here, so we, I don't want to spend too much time on it. But um, apparently there's this big ordeal with Ezra Miller. Uh, if you don't know, he's the actor for The Flash, who has been in the last um, few DC movies, and he also has his own movie coming up, the one with Michael Keaton. Um, he also was in the... Uh, oh. Uh, what are the Harry Potters? Oh, I keep for- I always forget the name of those oh, movies. Fantastic, fantastic Beasts. Um, he was in those movies, and apparently, over the this last weekend, he had some. He he was I guess vacationing in Hawaii, and he had some huge blow up with um at a karaoke bar. I'm I'm doing all this off the top of my head. I have no notes. Um, he had some huge blow up at a karaoke bar. Took the took the mic from a lady, threatened her, and then threatened the couple he was staying with and threatened to kill them and their entire family uh did a couple other things and apparently got arrested um it was a huge deal because apparently warner brothers actually had an entire like meeting amongst themselves where they have announced that they're going to halt all i mean obviously they're going to halt all uh all future projects associated with him um and I'm, i'm assuming that's not just warner brothers that's probably He's probably going to get the Will Smith treatment, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's kind of sad to, you know, see something happen just because one person's kind of a D-bag. You know, like, uh, imagine all the people that are working on these projects and just to mm-hmm. to have it all kind of thrown away because one person can't, can't uh, has problems of some sort, you know? Whether yeah, that's tragedy here like you gotta think of all the I mean, jobs that are I, mean, I won't say being lost like i'm sure these people move on to other mm-hmm. positions but people have probably put a wor- lot of work into future projects that would have had miller as you know the lead in it and now that's probably just going to be dropped like i don't see this guy's career bouncing back he wasn't a big enough star i think no to oh no you're right anyway it's really sad like there's so many people probably working on the dc stuff there's so many people working on um, I guess the other series is kind of done, so whatever. But yeah, like you said, I'm sure there's other stuff that was probably planned with him involved. So you got to feel for people. They're really you know. trying to build up Miller's Flash. Like the people really liked him in the Snyder Cut, so okay. there was definitely buzz around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people are, were pretty intrigued about this new Flash movie, probably primarily because of all the Batman cameos. <laughs> but um, even with that, I mean, I think people were interested in it. I'm sure they had some future plans. So it's a shame. I think we're just seeing more and more just like these Hollywood, you know, A-list actors just going crazy, man. Um, and really just kind of showing themselves. I, for, th- I think the sad know. part with the Ezra Miller thing is like, uh, I'm trying to be careful. He, he, he very clearly has had troubles. Um, he's had troubles in the past. So it's one of those things where if you really think about it, it probably should have been, uh, kind of seen beforehand because i think he also had an event a couple years ago where he like punched a lady a couple times and it and apparently i guess right now there i don't know i haven't i'm not sure if they said if he has mental issues or if he has substance abuse issues so i'm not quite sure again i don't want to you know put anything upon him that may not be true but again it's all very for me it's all very disappointing um, it's a shame for whatever you know reason it is. I mean, if it is something you know medical medical related or mental related, that's certainly you know a bigger issue that should be addressed. But if it was just you know kind of a bad decision, maybe there was some you know substance involved. That's could be a combination. More, yeah. yeah, it's 
I mean, it's expected in some cases nowadays. Like, you see it happen more and more often. Which but really it's really sad. He's a really young guy. I think he's only, like, 29. So it's like, oh. You kind well, of think that he could always bounce back. I mean, I don't know if Hollywood's even, like, in a place where, like, something like that you could bounce back from just because of the way social media works now. But you look at someone like Robert Downey Jr., who... I mean, he went through it back in the 90s. Um, yeah, I think that infamous picture of him in court. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think people really expected him to bounce back. And now he is one of the what, highest paid actors, I think, ever. <laughs> I mean, I think I know. Uh, I know what would, would, would save Ezra's career. He's got to go over and be some sort of Marvel character. I bet you that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if he you know, can take a step back get whatever help he needs, learn from things. Oh, he's going to be forced to get help because he's not going to have oh, any yeah. work, I mean, for a bit. But I mean, like, it, it does have to be a conscious choice, too. Like, yeah. if he's just forced into it, it's not going to work for him. But there's a chance he might be able to pull back from this five, ten years, who knows. I don't know if he's got the star power to do that. I mean, when it happens so early in your career and you don't have enough, you know, oomph in your career to kind of you know, pull back on, then maybe this will just be it. He'll fizzle out and... He'll go from there. Like, I don't know what else he's really been in besides. I'll pull up that, his IMDb just to see. I'm to be honest, yeah. Up until um, up the Harry Potter, the Harry stuff. Potter stuff. I didn't. I had never heard of him. A lot of smaller movies. Um, and again, he's a young I'm, guy, so it's not like he should have a huge. Yeah. A, a huge list of stuff he's been in. Yeah, I just see like a bunch of, a bunch of DC stuff and the the Fantastic mm-hmm. Beasts really, um. Who knows? But yeah, he's a he's a guy who's been going through a lot, so it, it's 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 um I don't know. Again, it's not something I want to step step out of bounds on. Uh, it's you're talking about mental health, substance abuse. He could be going through a lot that you know some people don't know about. But I think it's probably best for the company. You know, a company has oh, to yeah, company has is. to look out for itself to an extent, and for for in in some instances there is a. A, there is a place where I think a company should look out for itself, you know, like it. And I do think this is one where, you know, you have to kind of just say, okay, Ezra, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to separate, separate ways for a bit, you know? Oh yeah. No, I'm sure. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot to say about this. I mean, I think it's a shame that it's gone this direction. Um, for those who are definitely fans of maybe his work or where you know his work was going, but I get it. I mean, I think the studios made the right move. Mm-hmm. They couldn't, especially in today's, you know, political climate, they couldn't have kept him on, supported him like that, especially right after a situation like with Will Smith going yeah. crazy. Um, um, does this, does this, does this help or hurt any of your intrigue for this Flash movie? Uh, I, I don't think it does anything for me. It doesn't. I mean, I, I am curious to see the I'm movie. I'm curious I mean, to I see Keaton see, still. Yeah, that's not where I'm at. So I don't think it's going to turn me off to that. Um, so, I mean, I wasn't going to see this movie because of him anyway. Uh, Miller. I mean, I was seeing it for the other stuff wrapped around. Like, Affleck, I know, gets a send-off in it. The Keaton stuff would have been cool. Uh, beyond that, meh. I don't know. Yeah, same thing. I'm kind of glad we pushed this off because I, I didn't realize there's really not much to it. I mean, it's just a sad story of somebody... I don't want to say ruin, he, not ruining his career. His career's not ruined yet. It's somebody going through some problems who is going to have to get some help clearly and we'll see if he's able to bounce back i think what's more of a shame is it really just kind of puts more and more nails in the coffin of whatever dc could have done oh this is a terrible look for yeah dc the dcu eu whatever they call it 
like I know they'd already kind of given up on it anyway. They already kind of lost their Batman uh, with Affleck, and now essentially they're losing. They're going to lose their Flash through this. Um, like, I don't know. It's a bit of a shame. Just bring back Cavill and do a Man of Steel two. Just give give us that. Let's go there instead. Heck yeah, dude. That that's people have been saying Cavill shouldn't have been one that got it got got rid of it. You know, there was there was so many other issues going on with the DCEU that Cavill, you know, get get a director who is more lighthearted to do a Superman movie because once again, I'm not a huge Superman guy, but my favorite stuff that has been Superman was the Christopher Reeve stuff. I liked Chris I liked well, I liked movies one and two. Three and four it got weird. Three and four yeah. get really weird. I'm not crazy about those ones. But movies one and two are great. And even to an extent, I really like the Brandon Ralph one. That one's not bad. Um, and I liked... It was too safe, yeah. Yeah, I liked Man of Steel. I mean, Man of, it's a very different flavor than the Christopher Reeve and Brandon Ralph stuff. But, you know, there are aspects of Man of Steel I liked. I mean, the fight scenes were awesome, but... Yeah, once again, I would if, if they're going to go out and bring Henry Cavill back in, go get a director who can, you know, Superman is supposed to be like, I, I don't know if I talk, got to talk to you about this, but the end of Batman, uh, the Batman, to me, felt like the end of a Superman movie. Like Batman, like helping children out of the debris and like guiding light of people out, out of the, 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 the building. You saw the movie, right? I, I'm mm-hmm. not ruining for you. Yeah. No, I've seen it. Yeah, to me that felt much like a oh, I, I I caused all this damage. I need to stick around and help them out. You know what I mean? Like that. To me, that felt more like a Superman scene than Batman. But I don't know. Oh yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. I was like, I don't know if I really if that felt like Batman to me. I mean, I guess it did. But well, that's why I'm I, saying I get right. a director that can do that to Superman. That's what Superman should be. You, you know? need a uh, director that, at its core, this is what I was even saying with like Halo, that understands what's important about that character or mm-hmm. that story. Um, and with Snyder, you didn't really have that. You had someone who I think liked comic books, and I think he had, had a vision wanted, for for everything, yeah, but not for yeah. you know. mm-hmm. But I don't know. And I'm not saying that those kind of stories shouldn't exist, but especially for something of the scale they were trying to do. There has to be a thread of the what that character is about. Because people like Superman because of who Superman is, right? The character he became. Same thing with Batman. Same thing with, you know, Wonder Woman, whoever it is. When you break down that facade too much, you lose that character. And then what is it you have that people like anymore? And I feel like that's what kind of started happening to Cavill's Superman. Like, I think Cavill does a great job uh, embodying Superman. I mean, he's a monster of a guy. So mm-hmm. I mean, he definitely fits that kind of this superhero. And he's a nerd. He's somebody who takes the role seriously, man. Like, like he is somebody who, at heart, loves, like, he, he you know, he, he pushed Trigan in The Witcher. He's he huge on Warhammer stuff. He builds PCs. Like, the dude is like... Yeah, I mean, I appreciate I don't know how much of that necessarily you know, buys into you know him being you know the perfect superman but he definitely you know i just I mean think he's someone who, too, who likes nerd stuff he likes nerd culture he may not be the most knowledgeable superman guy but he you know he knows of superman and took it takes his role seriously so oh sorry yeah he's, he's not like tommy lee jones getting shoved into a uh two-faced role that he can't stand <laughs> <laughs> because his son wanted um, him to I think it really, though, comes down to the director you get. I mean, yes, you're right. The actor needs to understand the character, but 
I I think it almost always comes down more to well I want to say more. It can very much be a combination of having that right director and having the right actor, and both of them kind of you know meet that perfectly. Which those first few Superman movies, the director understood what Superman should be, and of course Christopher Reeves embodied it at the time. And I think Cavill could very much embody it, but they just need a director that's going to pull him back to that symbol of hope and. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if we're... I don't think we're going to get that, to be honest. I wonder, I, if, you, huh? I wonder if they take the guy that did the Batman, and maybe they... I mean, I, I liked where they went with that movie. Maybe maybe they they elevate him and give him control, although you may run the risk of doing the same thing with Snyder, where you give one person too much creative control, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, we're probably at the point where they're not going to salvage Cavill. Like, the direction that his character went, where they could do with it, I, I think they're probably just going to let that fade off, for better or for worse. Just and bring I think, on Sam Raimi. Just give Sam Raimi, give him everything. Maybe. Give him Doctor Strange. Give him, I want to see him direct anything. <laughs> yeah, as much as part of me would love to see a good DCEU kind of put back together, I think they're realizing it, and I think everybody else is probably starting to warm up to it. That's just not going to happen. Batman I is think- their bread and butter. Or even just go back to the solo superhero movies. Like, yeah, make another Superman as its own thing. Don't try to pull in everybody else. I'm not saying that they're definitely going to do that. I mean, clearly they're trying to still wrap in some stuff with this next Flash movie. <laughs> but I'm hoping they start leaning more and more away from it. Just go back to some good solo things that don't have the stakes it, of having to tie in with everything it else. It could have been the whole MCU thing was just like... I don't want to say Flash in the pan because that has a negative connotation. But it could have been that, like... That did so well because they had the right people in place. Everything just worked. Everything, you know, was like a puzzle. Everybody worked together. Well, not say everybody, but like they just they knew what they were doing. They had a plan. They had the right yeah, people they had in a charge. Vision for the building towards. They put yeah. down the building blocks. And um, if you don't have that, then don't go for it. Then try and just make great single movie, like you're saying, you know. Yeah, and I think we're also at the point you're seeing it just. Um, I think with what movies are being successful now is people are getting that superhero fatigue anyway, especially the big, you know, collaborative ones. Mm-hmm. Not saying that those are going to die off completely, but I think being like this big focal thing, like you have to have this next Avenger level, whatever. I think they're starting to get past just a little bit. So um, I think it's a good time to pull back do some good solo movies, just kind of build up your characters, get some goodwill again. And then see where things take you. Maybe think, there's an opportunity um, to pull them back together, but not right now. I think a topic for another day would be super fascinating. Is um, I was I well, I love watching Red Letter Media RLM, and mm-hmm. um, they they were talking about how like how movies are just dying. Movies are dying, and I know people. And they were saying that people would argue against that because they look at Spider Man and they say, "Oh, this is the third highest grossing movie ever," and it's like. Yes, but a lot of things things contributed to that. A <laughs> lot of things contributed to that. You have Tobey Maguire, you have all these other actors. It's like, what if that Spider-Man movie didn't have Tobey Maguire, didn't have the other guy? You know, you don't have you know, because I think they were going off of like. There's another movie that got announced or that came out recently called uh, what was it Moon something? It Moon Knight. No, not Moon Knight. It was a uh, like a sci-fi movie that just mm-hmm. came out to theaters and it just like completely bombed. It was like cost cost them like 200 million to make they made like 40 million or something and it's just yeah, movie theaters are still in a rough spot um i was at the theaters today um i took my daughter to see um sonic the hedgehog 2 oh, uh, I and see, it, oh was it good i really want to see that yeah here's the thing um this actually kind of gets into that one topic that we were going to skip for next week um it was good it's dumb it very humor. much 
you know, dumb humor, but it's a, a video game adaptation that really owns up to this is for kids. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of video game adaptations try to, you know, mature it up or make it more serious. This is just like, nope, we know we're marketing to, you know, seven to 12 year olds. I would be okay with watching that. It had some fun moments. Jim yeah. Carrey eats whatever he's in, which is yeah. always good. So it was adorable. my point being, um, I mean, granted, we went to, I think, the crappier theater. We went to the AMC that's around here. And it was empty. It looked like it was trashed, man. <laughs> it just looked. I feel like I was going to like a Detroit, like Detroit or something. I don't know. Uh, I love Detroit. Like signs, shout out to our Detroit yeah. fans. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, but like uh, signs weren't working, and like uh, I don't know. There was like really dark, like mm-hmm. almost felt like an alleyway. <laughs> I don't know. It was just. It was sad, but the theater was dead. Um, Did I show you the I picture think- of a? Uh, 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 what's his name? Brian Altano from IGN. Uh, oh, when yeah. he went to see Morbius, he said, "Hey, I it was Greg Miller. You should. It might have been Greg Miller. I think they both did the Do same it. thing because they're friends. Yeah. But like, they both took pictures of them in in a Morbius. Or Greg Miller's was uh, showed up 15 minutes late to the Morbius movie, and like there was nobody in the seats. Yeah, uh, it's a combination of people just don't care about these movies. Um, some people are still freaked out about the pandemic. Some people realize they can just watch I, it at home on I Netflix. I prefer and to watch movies at home." Like I don't understand. And a lot of these publishers are making that more available. Like um, Bat- HBO is putting their stuff on with Batman. Day or Batman two comes or... out to HBO Max in like nine days. I get to yeah. rewatch it then. You know. So it's like, why would I spend? I mean, I went. I took my daughter to the movie. It cost me fifty dollars. Yeah. yeah, for me and my five-year-old daughter. So it's just like, uh, why did I do that? So I think people are really that's hitting hard. Um, and, you know, the way that we've been trained, and this is get you know, a whole different spectrum, but people now are trained to watch shorter things, too. Like, you have people, you know, who'd rather watch TikToks for three hours than watch a movie. Red Letter Media mentioned that, actually. They were like, kids nowadays are, are getting used to watching shorter things. Adults are getting used to sitting on their couches and watching things. You know what I mean? It's like... You know, yeah, and I, don't, I don't think movies are going to go away. No. Movie theaters will definitely go away. And then certain movies will go away. Like the ones that aren't worth people's time because there's so many other available options to, you know, buy for your entertainment. They're just not going to succeed and they're going to, you know, die off. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of sad. I mean, as, as someone who as someone who worked in the theater industry for quite a bit, it I don't want theaters to go away i like what i what i've always said is i like having the option i like Mm -hmm. this i like this future of me having the option of watching it at home or go to the theater um i don't know i just i feel like there are movies that i would rather go to a theater to watch i really enjoyed going and watching the batman in a big theater i feel Mm -hmm. like that was a i don't know for me personally that was a fun way to 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 see that movie. Now again, I don't know if I would want to go see Sonic Two in a theater, but that's just me. Yeah. I mean, you were with it your was. daughter, so that's different. Yeah. But yeah, like me by myself. It depends on the movie. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you though, and I don't know if it's once again it could have been the theater I went to, but I feel like you when I went to the other theater that was local, or other Regal, it had some issues too. But this theater, like, it was not comfortable. Um, it felt like hot in there. I was I great. Feel... The Regal, I went, my, my, was my old Regal I worked at. But yeah, that was great. Mine. Um, there was something I had an issue with when I went to last Regal. I can't remember what it was. But um, my point is, like, the experience, at least in some of the ones I went to lately, hasn't even been all that great. Um, how can you imagine if I had just seen a better movie, if it would have even been better in that particular environment? Mm. So, I don't know. And, like, the Batman, I'll tell you, like, 
I, I enjoyed watching it in theater. I think for that particular Batman movie, I would have been just as happy watching it at home. Like that, because that Batman movie wasn't the grandiose Batman movie that some of the other superhero movies have been. Been with like the big screen would have made a big impact. Like it was slower, more. Intimate. It was a bit. It was overindulgent on itself. There were some like yeah. stuff that kind of dragged on. But yeah, I won't go into that movie specifically. But um... I don't know. But I'm with you. I think movies are dying. Or <laughs> movie theaters are dying. I, I I think they'll they'll I don't think movie theaters will die completely, but I think they will become they'll find a niche. They'll exactly they'll find a niche like drive-ins. There are still drive-ins, but yeah, you know. But you'll have like one theater in a you know twenty-mile radius. Like you're not going to find cities that have multiple movie theaters anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the one that's out here by me, the AMC. I don't feel like that's going to be around in the next couple of years. I feel like Regal will probably be the last game in town, mm-hmm. and then from there. Who knows? So a little sad, but it's, uh, it's, it's sad. But I don't know. Like it's sad because I don't want people to lose their jobs. Granted, I don't think that's a great job. As someone who worked in a theater, that job was was great. But I'm not not judging my my fellow theater people. But um, yeah. Once again, I I, I don't know. I'm just so. I tell you, man. Over the whole COVID thing, what, having having access to HBO Plus. Or HBO, is that what it's called? I don't even know. HBO Max? Man, I love watching at home. I don't know. There's just some... And maybe you could say it's because I'm lazy. I'm a content creator that doesn't like to leave his house. I'm a hermit. But, man, just something about watching from home for me. It's just... It's It's convenient. Yeah. And, I mean, to be real, the movie theater experience for a lot of movies only adds so much. And when you really balance out the cost of it, unless you're just trying to make an event out of it, there, it's just not worth it. I mean, I'll flat out say it. There's would, a few I movies. Would, that, I was gonna say I would take your daughter to as many movies as you can in case they do disappear. That way, oh, she, yeah. that way when she's older, she could be like, I remember I went to a theater back when I was the a tall. Yeah, that's like no. that's like us describing to her what Toys R Us is when she's like, <laughs> did she ever get to go into one? Not think about it. Uh, I yeah, she did, but she was like two, two or three, so I was like, not gonna remember any of that. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese, ju- just for fun, all those things are gone. Chuck E. Cheese is still no Chuck E. Cheese is still around. Is around. it the one? In, yeah, there's one, there's one by us. Oh, I never oh, look at it. One. Every time I drive by, <laughs> I must it's not, there. I must avoid it. But, Chuck E. Uh, Cheese. I mean, I thought they were going to go bankrupt for a while, but I was. I'm actually really surprised they made it through COVID. Like, <laughs> I can't. I don't know what they were doing during the COVID period. But so tune into the Inner Chance Man podcast. Your place to hear about Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> but uh yeah well i guess we uh, we talked about it we uh we did everything we could um once again guys if you could be patient i think this episode is going to go out a day or two late um uh, no problem with that um uh i did want to or you did say phoenix you're not going to be able to to go next week correct right uh it's just busy busy no week, it so. works that works um once again i'll find something to do maybe i'll do an episode on my lonesome on the weekend but uh, yeah, um, I guess I'll have a few topics already kind of laid out for the following week when Phoenix can return. Um, once again, uh, we did it all. Anything you wanted to say, Phoenix? No, I've spoken way too much tonight, so I'm sure everybody's tired of hearing from me. Oh no, you're 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 the Inner Chessman podcast, right? I'm not here. Uh, what? Am I here? Who are you? What? <laughs> I said no. You're the whole. You're the whole shebang. Not, not oh, me. I am. That's right. That's right. This is the Inner Phoenix podcast. Yeah. Yeah. See. See. I, I gotta. I gotta give you a reason to come back and, uh, and entertain me. 
Never uh, taint you. <laughs> Once again, guys, as always, I just want to say thank you so much for watching. Thank you, Phoenix. You're welcome. All right, guys, we'll see you again. I'll see you next week. Or maybe, or Phoenix will see you the following week. Bye-bye. Adios. Night-night, peoples. Bye.